Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evan, flu ridden, but also joy for Yona ridden, I guess you could say. <laughs> and as always, I am joined by my lovely co host, plus one more, but we'll get to that in a second. Oh, oh I'm the co host, and I am baffled by your intro, but I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm Alex. I know you will be. <laughs> And uh, I guess I'm also joyful about Yona. <laughs> and um, our guest this week is Jen, who I have mentioned a couple times um, as a friend of the podcast, I guess, and a very good fic writer. So yes. Oh, thank you. And please tell us how to pronounce your like Discord username. <laughs> we've apparently been butchering it this entire time. Like, I, yes, I had a, a, uh, another writer that you guys have mentioned uh she she we we both she listens to the older she, she listens to the newer ones and i've been going through the backlog um and so we keep on telling each other i'll be like oh they talked about snowdrop for like five full minutes in this episode you should like go listen. <laughs> and she's like oh great thanks they can't say your name right <laughs> like, thank you. because she did reach out to me she was like thanks so much for your kind words and i was like oh my god you found those <laughs> yeah. this is when i was just starting and i like i was really dorky about it but i do really like no it, we enjoy dorky <laughs> dorky is extremely fun for us because then we're like oh look people like us <laughs> like, people talk about us when we're not around <laughs> it's very exciting we find like tumblr posts where they'll be like this person is so amazing and we're like yeah look <laughs> someone likes me Aww. so yes you you pronounce it sabriel Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how it's pronounced. That's going to be that's a spoiler, I guess, because I haven't gotten to those episodes. But it'll be fun for me. I always enjoy it when people like cannot say it. I had a friend who refused to say the whole thing. She'd just be like, "You're sap now. That's it." I like I'm like, "You can call me by my real name." She's like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> like that was just so. Like I'm used to people shortening it, butchering it, and then being like, "I'm never going to say that word again." <laughs> I'm like it's not my what? real name it doesn't really count it's funny to me yeah she was just like she's like she's like could you please tell alex how to say your name because i feel like she says it a different way every time because she's just not sure and like it would be very yeah. nice of you if you would like because Sarah's super nice so she's like she's like I think they might be saying it wrong or feel like they're saying it wrong so why don't you like let them know and I was like I will but also I find that really funny so I (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's Sabreo Sabreo yeah okay good which how did you come upon that username because I I know it because I think there's like a fantasy series yes character there's a Horson series where it's Sabriel, which is with the I-E-L. Mm-hmm. And A-E-A-L is like the more archaic ending. This is from, this is like research I did in high school when I was like trying to like look up uh, like angel hierarchies because I wanted to use it for something I was writing. And so Sabriel is like the angel of like disease and healing. 
Oh. And, yeah. And so I used that for like just about everything. I think it was like I had it for like email. I had it for like my like AIM name. I had it for like used it for characters I was playing in games. And so I just kept it. And because it's like the like I'm the only person besides one person on Twitter who took my handle before me. Oh, so wow. like I just always knew I just always knew I'd be able to get it. And so yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll just use this one. And like and then some people ask me about if I'm a fan of a person and I'm like I am I do love those books (laughs) but it's your brand yeah I love when people's like username just like sticks my (laughs) uncle is always his like he had friends that like combined like three Spanish words that they felt like embodied him it was like Chico Vato and Casa and they made Chico and that's still his username on like across all things like it's always his email it's it's like his like I think it's his Twitter handle it's like you you got to personalize your like Facebook URL it's like that as well like literally everything like to this day (laughs) yeah I was thinking with a friend who his name is Jeff and we call him Hefe simply because there was about like eight Jeffs in his grade and um so he would never turn when we called for him and so one of my friends just started calling him Hefe and he would turn to that. So, and he's like, just, he's kept that except like professionally, whenever we like say it in front of like his colleagues, they're like, Hefe, are you the Hefe. boss? And, he, and we're like, and we're like, he's not the boss. He's really not the boss. <laughs> they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. As you're not Alex, I can sympathize. Yeah. There were at least three in any given grade. Yeah. yeah. I had the most. I think our graduating class had like, 20 something it was wild yeah yeah (laughs) i had the most popular name of my birth year so there was like at least like 10 gens it's it's stunning to me that in like the fandoms that i'm in i'm like the only one i'm like oh really that never happens (laughs) alex's alex's elementary school bully was jen so thank you for putting a positive association everyone's is like the name Jen has a feeling that like lots of people get when they hear it and they'll be like oh you're Jen and like when I was like (laughs) younger it was like very blonde blue-eyed very tall so like everybody had a very like distinct reaction like I'm like no I'm like the nerdy kind I that's you're probably talking about Jen with two ends those are those are the mean ones don't look at me she was a two (laughs) end Good call. <laughs> That's what all the popular girls did. They had Jen with two ends, and then like, and then everybody would be like, "Don't you spell your name that way?" And I'm like, "No, because it's a nickname. Yeah. So you make it as few letters as possible. <laughs> that defeats the purpose." And that's how you like. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Um. When I I don't play video games, but <laughs> when I play video on. games and I'm forced, I I name myself LL Cool J. <laughs> I don't know why. So I don't have the same name for any uh, anything that I use. I use a different one every time. But for video games, I always use LL Cool J. I love that. Oh my god! I just got an image of you like playing Skyrim. <laughs> Referring to LL Cool J, the Dragonborn. Yeah, the Dovahkiin. LL yes. Cool J. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, if I had enough energy to go through a long game like Skyrim, <laughs> I would do that for you. I've but been trying for years to get you. you it's have to, so fun. It is, but you have to, the, sometimes what you have to do is you have to like develop a concept. You have to have like, an idea of who you're playing. Me and my Same. Husband my character time. has a whole backstory. Yeah, you have the whole backstory. And it's like, why? Because you start out, you're like crossing the border in the Skyrim, right. and you just happen to be crossing the border at the same time as because there's a whole civil war going on as yes. like one of the major factions and like the leader of the civil war crossing so they just like assume you're part of it so you get captured yeah uh so yeah i feel like you need a backstory of like okay why are you crossing the border into sky yeah. well so time? so the whole thing with elder scrolls is that the backstory is always you have been arrested and you are being transported somewhere or you are being broken out of prison. So like you are you have been arrested, you are also arrested with this dude who is the like the the um the leader and you are go like and and you are now going to have to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um because in Oblivion that you get to have Patrick Stewart break you out of prison. And oh, yeah. like that's yeah. that's fun. Brad. Um yeah. And in Morrowind, you are sent off. <laughs> you are you are you are sent off to because uh, you're a prisoner and you fulfill a prophecy, and you sh- arrive to go be the messiah for this new nation. So, okay. well, like this I nation never, that you're going to. I never finished it, but isn't that the plot of a book series that people are really into, where there's like a guy in prison and he gets broken out to do something by the king? Never mind. <laughs> Probably. There's probably like 20 books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that know. sounds similar. Like, yeah, theirs are just like, yeah, that's the plot of 70 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a fun, yeah, that's that's definitely a fantasy plot that yeah. gets used many times. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I never so you need a whole there. backstory, is what we're you saying. You do. Yeah. You do. You have to like really build the backstory and like really get into it because like there's so many guilds and stuff that you yeah. just kind of have to and like. It's fun too because like you can choose what you do at your own pace. Like you get right. to decide which quests you're doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, you can decide if you want to be a werewolf right now or if you'd like to wait and like steal yeah. everything first. I mean, logically, it is kind of dumb or inexplicable that you would become the leader of like all guild factions and also that like quests would just wait as long as you're willing to wait. Yes. Like the whole thing, like the dragon thing in particular is so urgent. Like this guy is, he's resurrecting all the other dragons. He's trying to bring about the apocalypse. And if you just decide you're not ready for that, I guess he's putting his shit on hold as well. Like Oh, I love I love when you have the mod that lets you choose where you start and you don't start arrested. You have to get arrested for the game to start or you have to walk into Helgen. And so you're just like you're just some dude. You're just some dude. <laughs> like, and now you're the and now you're the dragonborn and that's like yeah, and I've never played that mod. That would be fun. Oh, I do like it's very fun. Because the the Thieves Guild is my favorite quest, so I like to do that first. Yeah. But I like to think of it. I like to try and make logical story decisions. Yes. So my thing is I'll be playing the main quest because it's like, okay, this is the thing I've been doing. But then once the once the um the Greybeards have summoned me, which Christopher Plummer is the lead one, fun fact. Right. 
but yeah, I at that point it just feels like too overwhelming. So it's like, okay, my character is now over is in denial, is running away from her death. Exactly. So right. she just fucks off to Rifton. <laughs> Someone that was like, I decided that her obsession was going to be collecting the stones of Berenziah, so she was go- she was ready to do anything and become anyone in order to get those stones, including the dragonborn. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm totally a mage. Like, please let me in so I can steal this stone from your place. <laughs> and then would never touch the mage quests again. And then like only did like the the central quests when I could get stones out of it. Yeah. So- <laughs> Anyway, your Yona podcast, though. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm glad you two have found each other. Please continue to talk about it. Because every time she tells me about Skyrim, I'm just like, yeah, you can talk at me, but like, none of it's, you know, penetrating. One of these days, I'm going to get you. The lore is really cool. It's really good lore. It's so deep. I just don't do video games. Because some dude did LSD to do Morrowind and he came up with a whole bunch of stuff. That's why it's so deep. (laughs) (laughs) So it's... It was deep before, but the guy who did Morrowind like really did some stuff that he was like, yeah, I'm just going to go all out. Or are you just assuming that? Like oh, no, he, he's yeah he's yes oh yeah he has his own tumblr where he <laughs> That's awesome. where he talks about it my husband follows his tumblr and he's like oh yeah so today yeah. and i'm like oh my god and yeah he just <laughs> i was like oh are you sure that he like did drugs and he's like oh yeah he talks about it he talks about development on morrowind and like right. <laughs> he came up with all the art for me. it i yeah. am really interested in like like <laughs> mushrooms as medicine of like microdosing I think that's right. Interesting stuff. So maybe, or maybe he just really likes drugs, which like cool. But <laughs> I think it was just, he was just an artist that really liked doing trippy stuff. So he like yeah. he he had that, and that was just during that period of his life. That was like what he was doing. And when he was doing all the art for it, he ended up coming up with like a lot of the lore because he was like the head artist for that project or something. Yeah. And so, and everyone was always like, "How'd you come up?" Because like the Morrowind stuff is like. everything's extremely weird and alien Mm -hmm. and they're like how'd you come up with all these ideas he's like i was on lsd at the time (laughs) just like oh that would do it yeah of course of course that's how it happened oh yeah Yeah. of course (laughs) (laughs) i see that's how you came up with there are like air balloons that are like cows floating in the sky yeah okay yeah all right that tracks okay Okay, well, I'm going to say that Kuznaki probably didn't take drugs on Yona, but uh, we're going to give it. <laughs> yeah, like, probably not. Less they frowned on that in are. Japan. <laughs> frowned on in Japan. Um, yeah. Okay, so I do have some questions that I usually ask guests, even though I feel like that was a pretty good intro to you. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna give it a couple seconds to register. Sometimes your intros get cut off, Evan. I've never told you because it doesn't oh. matter. But oh. they're okay. good. Don't you want to hear that? What is it? I'm joyridden for a <laughs> You're joyridden. <laughs> it's like half the word. Hey, it's fine. 
Okay. Anyway, this is probably enough time. Yeah, okay. okay. So. Great. So instead, I'm A. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds totally normal. I think it's fine. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, okay. So our recording cut off. So we're jumping back in. So if this transition is awkward, that would be why. Okay. So Jen, I'm asking you questions. Okay. Yes. Uh, what is the first series that you came across? It could be anime, manga, or like either or, depending whatever oh, you yeah. like talking about. So I was in middle school when anime started crossing over like mainstream to America. So <laughs> my first anime was um sailor moon that i can't yeah, yeah. That I, it was the like what is it like the four kids dub so they were serena and darian yeah <laughs> and yeah and i like got into yeah Molly. yeah i've never gone back and watched it after with like the real <laughs> plot line which is too bad i should um but yeah, no, that was my very first one. You'd like catch them at like six or seven a.m. on like yeah. the USA channel, like, and I would wake up early to watch because I had a friend at school that like I found out about this from uh, because I saw her drawing like anime girls, and I was like, "What's that? You're such a great artist!" And she's like, "Let me tell you about Sailor Moon." <laughs> like, okay, let's be friends. <laughs> So I think that was like sixth grade. Yep. So that was my very first one uh, was that. And then I think like Pokemon came over the next year. So like everybody was into Pokemon and then like Card Captor Sakura, I think was like the next year or like that year. So mm-hmm. had like that really typical progression for someone like my age of like I had like, you know, for like it was like you either came in on DBZ or you came in on like Sailor Moon. And that was <laughs> yeah, that sometimes. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was uh, my exact experience growing up <laughs> yeah. with Sailor Moon and uh, Pokemon. I think we're like back to back in the super mornings. So yes, when I was watching. So. Yeah, Just yeah. Kind of I didn't weird. like DBC because it was for boys. <laughs> my brother really liked it. My uncle. I- I watched it because, like, it was in eighth grade, and, like, my first boyfriend was super into it, and I came in during Frieza arc, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow, all the rest of this sucks, though. And, like, that's, like, now I find out that that's, like, the, that's the arc. Everyone's like, it's the good arc. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> like, you got what you need out of this. Arc. I got what I needed out of that. Cool. I got <laughs> it. Pack like, it up, boys. Let's pack it up, boys. Don't care about anything else. Okay, I know that we mentioned Sailor Moon like all the time on the podcast, and I've sworn many times to never mention it again. But you said that you've never seen the non <laughs> four kids. I have not. <laughs> there is a very like lovely charm to it, and I will still rewatch yes. that. But I gotta say that the Viz dub is like superb. They did a really good job. Oh, good. With it. Mm-hmm. I do think it's worth it. So anybody who has not seen Sailor Moon should watch the Viz dub. <laughs> But also the first two seasons of Four Kids because it's like buck wild. It yeah. is so wild. The dub on that is like, I know people shit on it, but it's so good. Like, it's just so funny. Those people like went wild with it and you're like, great. Like, this is, this is not what this show was in Japan, but like, you guys ran with it. <laughs> it I mean, the 90s were really just like the Wild West. It with really us, was. But it was great. Yeah. Except for like Cowboy Bebop is excellent. 
Cowboy like Bebop is a shining moment. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like, that was when a s- Adult Swim started taking over. And Adult Swim was like so much more serious about it with like those ones. Because I remember seeing Cowboy Bebop when it first aired, yeah. like on um, on uh, Adult Swim. And that was like my favorite anime for like a really long time. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It's so I good. never watched anime other than Sailor Moon when it moved to Cartoon Network because their other cartoon, like adult cartoons, like kind of made me uncomfortable because I was too young to watch them. So I would oh, catch yeah. like Robot Chicken by accident when I was like 12 years old. Sh- should not happen. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I just like, I stayed away from anime for so long because I was like, oh, that's like, I don't know. That's that kind of style makes me like really uncomfortable. Even though yeah, like anime and stuff <laughs> have nothing to do with each other. No. Also, I think we were still we were still kind of snooty about it, and we were like, we're nerdy, but we're not anime nerdy. Not anime <laughs> nerds. I like I like I came later. Felt- I fell into it and then I fell out of it for like years. And then mm-hmm. when I was in college and started dating my husband, his his friend ran an anime convention. And so whenever we went over, um, we like they would always have anime that they were watching or whatever. So I got back into it um, and got got to see lots of like fun stuff and i'd like i'd always watch like some like some stuff like because my friends were also like sort of into anime in the same way where it's like i have two or three that i watch that like i saw somewhere (laughs) and then like and then they'd share it with me and i'd be like oh yeah this is fun but like i didn't like get into it and then like i had another period after like college where we just didn't watch much and then like suddenly just got back into it I think actually like when I was pregnant and therefore had nothing to do at night besides be mm-hmm. have insomnia I was like it's time to watch Full Metal Alchemist <laughs> like <laughs> people always tell me how good that is <laughs> so yeah yeah so it was always like on and off and then like now it's like we we watch a yeah. bunch and we like keep up with like what's coming out and like I read manga which I didn't do for like almost anything before that so yeah mm-hmm. yeah we we yeah. basically us getting back into it was we got bored during covid and <laughs> Bebop was our gateway into the oh, world yeah it's such a good one it's such a good one great yeah uh so speaking of great what is your favorite series would you say oh my gosh i can't like there's so many that are really good yeah. like i mean obviously i hang out with like the like snow white with the red hair fandom is like mm-hmm. i really love that one but like that's also I feel like I don't know if I'd say it's like my favorite just because it's like it's it's like it doesn't it's not the same thing all throughout I feel like some of like the like really good anime is like you know like Cowboy Bebop is really good and like FMA is always really good mm-hmm. and you like find some really cool gems like and uh, I don't know if I have like a favorite favorite though I just have ones that I like really truly like and then there's like some that just really sort of like grab onto you and you're like oh yeah I'm like creatively into this one too yeah um but those aren't always like the best <laughs> like those are sometimes you're like I just I can fix you <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I know that I write a lot for like Snow White more than like currently any other thing that I write for. Um, But it's not probably one of my top series just because, yeah, yeah, like I could fix you. Yeah. (laughs) It's gotten gotten much better now. Like I do really enjoy keeping up with it. 
Yeah, it's like the arcs are much more like together and like they're all like folding into each other. Like she's yeah. really like found her stride as like a storyteller and it's great to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved guessing about what happens, but it's like, you know, part of, I think part of like the creative joy of it is that like there's just a lot to like play with in that yeah. world. So like you can do a lot with it and like, yeah. and like there's some stuff that's like you, you really enjoy the, like the word like full metal alchemist i love but like i couldn't write for that i'm like oh no like, like yeah, that, exactly. that was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i'll read fic of that but like i couldn't write for that i think that was fine <laughs> i always said that about yona and then i went back on my word <laughs> i mean I, I that's the same thing i did that with yona and like now now i'm going to write suwon and lily so i'm like yeah all right let's try though that's <laughs> like that is the one thing like hawk and yona's development is so good that i'm like not tempted to yes, do but anything we're not like, no. them, but it's like i'm just i'm just ready i'm just i'm like i, would, I just want to watch <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's fine it's exactly like, it's like i want being yeah, very I, normal about your future fic for Lillian. Uh, yeah, you were very normal all during the choosing <laughs> process. Extremely normal. <laughs> Anyone was going to seem normal next to Haley's campaign for <laughs> Nanami and Jiro from Kami exactly. Kiss. So, I like, feel like we bonded during that process because she was, was like, "I need this to happen," and I was like, "I need this one to happen." <laughs> we were like, "Okay, she's <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go together on this. <laughs> we're gonna form a voting block in this discord (laughs) yeah exactly so if anybody is really into uh kamisama kiss yes i'm not sure how to pronounce it is the thing yeah it's yeah it's kamisama kiss and i think it's like uh, in like the japanese is kamisama hajimashita okay Uh, like yeah thank you no problem (laughs) i I periodically cannot remember the japanese name but now since i've been but like now since i've listened to the intro and they sing it like a billion times Uh, (laughs) although i'm not gonna lie the intro is pretty catchy anyway the point of this is that jen is eventually going to write something for that so if you're like super into it like keep going on her yeah you know am3 um, yeah i eventually have to get on it <laughs> uh okay and then oh okay so last question how did you discover yona <laughs> so i discovered yona because um one of the other authors in um the ans fandom like the snow white the red hair fandom uh reblogged a picture of I think like Hawk and Yona hugging like as a fan art and I thought it was Obi and Shiryuki and I was like oh that's like beautiful and then I looked and it was something else and I was like well I have to watch it now like I was like I'd heard of it before and we were going to but I was like oh well now this is like a must like <laughs> like clearly like this is meant to be so yeah. I got into it through there I watched the anime um with my husband who also really enjoyed it um, and consistently recommends it to everyone that he meets who likes anime. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, Hawk is his favorite. So, like, good boy. yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. And, um, and then I started reading the manga and I mean, the manga is just even better than the anime. It just continues. Like she does a lot of like really cool um, historical references and stuff like that. And she's, <laughs> Like Suwon's whole thing with the tiger skins on the horses is like a real thing that happened in like Korea. So 
Yep, like, it sure is. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> like it's it's hard to get over stuff like that where it's like, oh, that's so cool, and like it's just she she's got really good plot sense too. So though you can never really quite tell where a plot's going, mm-hmm. which I think is sometimes fun, and that might just be because of like the cultural shift where it's like I'm used to Western plots, and like if I was from Asia, I'd be like, yeah, of course this is what's going to happen. But like for me, it's exciting. So, like- exactly. I think we've had this exact conversation, maybe not on the podcast, but I have the same thoughts where I'm like, I, I have no idea where this is going, and I'm yeah. sure it's obvious to people who are like more versed in manga, but. Like, I'm just enjoying the ride on a lot of these right. things. <laughs> and that happens with, like, ANS2, where I'm, like, just not sure where it's going, because I'm always, like, all right, like, this is going to happen, and, like, these serious things will happen, and then, like, this maybe happens. And then it's always, like, and we have somehow managed to actually make everything end kind of okay for everybody. And you're, like, oh, wow, that didn't, did not think that was going to happen for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought someone was going to jail, but all right, that's cool. <laughs> like... That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Well, thank you for answering my question. Oh, no problem. <laughs> um, Evan, did you have any any questions or thoughts before we jump into the chapters? No, I'm ready to jump in. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so let's jump in with chapter 153, A Rare Sunny Day. And I'm a little bit dreading this because I spent all of last arc not doing the summaries. <laughs> now I'm jumping <laughs> back in. So this may be a little bit... We'll learn together. It'll be a learning curve. Okay. Um, okay, so it starts out... It's the morning after the confession and Yona looks absolutely rough. Uh, Jiha tries to tease both of them, but Yona is like catatonic and hawk is extremely unbothered my only thought in this is that this would be an absolute like nightmare dynamic to experience but (laughs) reading about it is like super fun (laughs) it it is Uh, oh i just love because like hawk seems like he he doesn't expect anything to go anywhere like nothing's ever gone anywhere for years so like yeah he's confessed he's like his sins are gone he's like ready to roll like he's like great i don't have anything i'm hiding from you anymore i don't have to do anything anymore like so now you know and i don't have to pretend that's my big secret and like we don't have to do anything about it and meanwhile yona is like stuck in like the thunderdome of like her own like nightmares Uh, yeah. She looks, I will say though, as miserable as she is, she looks so cute with her little flustered, blushy face. She does. Uh, Which I do like that Jiha and Hawk later call that out, where Jiha's like, she looks adorable, and Hawk's like, yeah, she fucking does. (laughs) He's like, best "Best part of this whole thing is that she's making those faces. Uh, But yeah, it's so funny. And his dumb ass just being out cold. Like, of course you're sleeping like a baby. (laughs) You're just He's 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 released all his secrets. He doesn't he doesn't have anything to hide anymore. He can sleep as much as he wants. There's no problems. Like she Uh, she now knows. He doesn't have to worry about her sending him away anymore. Yeah. Also, (laughs) speaking of of sleeping like a baby, uh, we're in a new volume, and I must say the cover art gorgeous. Jiha and. (laughs) and uh, hawk but the inside cover where it's like the flashback of princess yona um she's oh, still Lord. got the long hair oh. uh so it must have been when she was still in the palace and then hawk just like watching over her as she sleeps yes it's so yeah. sweet 
Well, and he is young too, because he still has his like headband thing. Yeah. His little feather. Yeah. <laughs> they're so cute when they're young. They Ugh, I love them at every age, but like, it's true. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Um, I like that you said that Hawk has confessed all his sins, which I like yeah. to imagine Hawk does view his feelings as a sin. Right. <laughs> He's That's like, like his really big guilty. guilty about it. Yeah. yeah, he's been feeling guilty for years because like, you know, she trusts him and like yeah. believes she's safe with him and doesn't think he feels this way about her. Like that, she, that he could never possibly have any sort of romantic or sexual feelings for her. And now he's like, yeah, I'm in love with you. <laughs> Oh, great. Like, that's done. Now you know. Like, we can both move on. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> also, I laughed at the at Kusanagi's side note. She was talking about how everyone's written in to, like, congratulate Hawk on finally confessing. <laughs> and she's like, he confessed his feelings out of frustration. Like, is this really something that <laughs> Like, sometimes that's how it is you know you're just, like, yep. you're just tired and you're like i'm so tired like here's my feelings i'm done <laughs> like, i'm out i yeah, also called like, that out because uh last episode i did say wow you did it congratulations hawk and then i immediately remembered the side note and i was like i did exactly what kuznagi's like why are you congratulating him <laughs> It's, it's, like about the, it. it's about the catharsis, Kusanuga, the Kusanagi. We're glad yeah. that he achieved that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I want my favorite boy to have peace. Yeah. And he does now because he doesn't think anything's ever going to happen or change. So he's just like, great. We're all on the same page. Rough and it's like, I do love that he like, that he thinks that she's so cute when she blushes. Cause like, it's also that like thing where he's like so impressed with himself that he's like affected her just a little bit. Cause like clearly he never has before. Right. Except for like, you Every know, dramatic irony. Yeah. yeah <laughs> dramatic irony. Always like, oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He does like having an effect on her, but he also he does. doesn't, which makes him really interesting. And this relationship right. is really interesting, right? But we can get into that later because he, yeah. he talks about it like in depth, and I, I yes. like it a lot. <laughs> okay, so elsewhere before the sun goes down, uh, Sheena is making arrowheads, which I only bring up <laughs> because I think it's fun. Because one, he gets really pleased when Hawk compliments him, even though his <laughs> doesn't change, and it is the best. <laughs> Uh, and two, they make their own weapons, which solves the question of how Yona gets her arrows. Yeah. Because I know yeah. you have actually, like, Jen, you have told me that, like, you can take back arrows. Like, I think yes, in the early episode, I wondered how she got so many arrows. Like, you could just pluck them out of people you've shot. So, yeah, they, they used to have probably people who would scavenge. Yeah, there's which there's you can do in job. Skyrim. Hey. You can. You can. You can get those back. Yeah. <laughs> As part of killing something, you get back your investment of arrows. <laughs> if I lie and say I'll play Skyrim someday, but just never do, is that okay with you? Can we <laughs> agree to that? <laughs> yeah. No, we'll just make you sit to the side like a little sibling and like make you watch and then like and then like very emphatically like describe to you what's happening yeah and, and you're like yes and we're like yeah and you're like i don't understand none of this like that's fine i, mean, I don't <laughs> mind that like i like being in the same room as other people doing other things like that's fun you can play in front of me <laughs> you shouldn't have said that because you're about to be with me for a week mm, that is true <laughs> that is true 
Uh, but, okay, yeah. so Yona's still being weird. So in a very hawk move, he goes her into trying to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and it does work for a second. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> You're right, it does. Wow. <laughs> does. He's like, I know what's going to fix her, and it's being mad at me. Because <laughs> that just, like, consumes her. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's it's her reset. Like, it's <laughs> she's gone back to the natural state of being annoyed by him. Uh, and then it works uh until he says there's my cool princess which like yeah okay and then she turns right back into a hot mess so yeah i like this line in particular because it's kind of dorky but is also supposed to be really suave which is like peacock in my opinion yes (laughs) i don't know if both of you agree but i feel like especially in those early scenes where he was like oh um are you gonna pay with your body or like let me lick the honey off of you like whoa buddy those are (laughs) those are cringy (laughs) but i know what you're trying to do right like he's like at that point he's almost trying to like he says it both as like almost a way to like exercise those feelings and then also to like make her push back and like say no to him so that he could be like right it's a no where it's a no right Just, Here's I don't need the to line. yeah right yeah so he's not doing the same thing here but it, i no. feel like it's in the same realm of like <laughs> cringy <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's a line that only works because she now wants him so bad like that's the mm-hmm. only like somebody be like you're a cool princess you'd be like great thanks <laughs> <laughs> but she's just like, like oh he said i was cool what do i do now like yes. <laughs> also uh i'm just gonna reverse a little bit and mm-hmm. say that i really enjoyed uh sheena making the arrows because one more sheena backstory yes uh says that he used to make weapons when he was in his village and i was like oh that's so nice that again like we're always so proud of sheena when he (laughs) now that he's comfortable with talking so just that he's in a place where he can share that with everybody and that they they're so encouraging of him like hawk hypes him up geisha tells him it's really great as well like it's super cute it is. We all enjoy being complimented. Uh, so I do also appreciate Yona here being like, really, you think I'm cool? Because like she's even before the confession, she was sort of that way. Like, I think we've had at least one other scene where he's like, you're the coolest girl I know. And she's always just like, really? <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. When she wins the uh, when she wins the archery. Yes. Back. Shoot, when was that? That was after? Yeah, that was right before she meets Corinne, right? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. These do happen. But, like, it's it's also kind of Hawk's fault because he, like, refuses to be nice to her. He's, like, he tried so hard to, like, not be nice to her and, like, show that he wasn't into her that, like, now it's wrapped around where she's like, oh, like, could you like me? Like, even though you said that you're in love with me, like... Like, are you serious? Are you serious? I like, do that. you really? Or, like, or do you just kind of, like, you know, did you mean yeah. it a different way? I mean, yeah. I get it, though. Like, if I've known someone my entire life and he has never shown any desire and has actively told me that I am ugly, and then all of a sudden right. he's like, surprise, <laughs> I have been in love with you this entire time, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, what do you 
What it's psychological warfare are you engaging? <laughs> exactly. Have you been negging me this whole time? What's going on? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, so, uh, yeah, back with um, Hawk and Yona. She is upset, and he, well, not upset. She's, like, flustered. And he makes a joke about marrying her, and then out loud says, just kidding. And then in his mind thinks, I can't ask my liege to marry me. Oh, my gosh. Which I think is a great little section for understanding Hawk as a character, because I we've talked about this, like, now at length. But he'll make jokes, but deep down he's still, like, struggling with feeling like her equal i feel like this is kind of like a common theme right. for him. uh so it's it's a good time actually to remind the audience of this belief that hawk has because we spent last chapter confronting yona's inability to accept hawk at his word that he wants to stick by for and by her for more than duty he just likes her as a person so they're right. both sort of like coming at this with their own insecurities yeah exactly i also i think it's fun seeing here because he, he's a freer hawk in a way, but he's still the same like shithead. Like he's still doing, he's yeah. still doing all this deadpan snarking. Like he's still saying that she's being hilariously unsexy uh, and all of that <laughs> stuff. That's like really shooting himself in the foot. But at the same time, because he's like feeling freer about his feelings, he can sprinkle in his actual feelings in it and just right. be like, oh yeah, I would marry you. Yeah, <laughs> and then just him being like, because she's like acute. She's like, well, what you said yesterday. He was like, yeah, I was dead serious. Yeah, right. It's like he keeps on he keeps on testing that boundary again, like almost out of like he's like he's feeling freer, so he's testing it more. But he also always pulls back before she can say the no now. Like, yeah, as, as, like, always he waited for the no before because he knew it was coming, and like now he's like, oh, I'm not even gonna wait for it. Like you already know, like it's a no. We like I'll I'll pull yeah. back. Like it's cool. And she's like, no, <laughs> like let me. I want to say that I like you too, kind of, but like yeah. also can't get those words out <laughs> yeah yeah that is a good point he does pull back before the no a lot because he does know what's happening but i do also kind of think that it's partially like self-protection yeah because yeah. like the last time it happened i think was <coughs> excuse me at the very end of the fire tribe arc where they had that weird like not fight but like weirdness between them where the hairpin came up again right um so i think he just like doesn't want to deal with that again because that was just like weird and awkward and awful (laughs) he's like all right i'm just like i'm not i'm not gonna approach this anymore like (laughs) right it's like i feel like it's it's like it's almost part of the trope a lot of times when like you have relationships like this where it's like one side was like pining for a long time that like and the other side was oblivious Mm -hmm. like where you know once they say it like and they're free it's like they just don't want to hear the no anymore like they can cut like they're like oh yeah yeah yeah. like i know like i've already made myself vulnerable and like i already know it's a no so like you can see him like this whole chapter every single time she would normally be like oh like you're being weird like he just cuts it off where he's like haha yeah i know i'm weird like i'm done like like, and he's just like and he walks away because he's like we're just gonna keep this affable like i know the answer can't be that she likes me even though she's mashed her face with mine 
in a <laughs> reading. Right. <laughs> he initiated a kiss with me. It meant nothing to her. It meant nothing. It was a <laughs> greeting, apparently, which I don't buy, but I also won't examine for anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, he can't give himself hope. He's like, yeah, I've said it. And as long as you don't tell me no now, like, mm-hmm. it still feels okay. Like I, don't, like, I don't feel the rejection as long as you don't give it to me. Right. But I know I'm rejected. Like, don't, don't, don't mix up my signals. I understand you don't want me. Yeah. Like, like, so don't like, tell me just like, do me that kindness of not telling me how much you don't want me. Like, let yeah. me just live like this. And instead here's Yona trying to like, be like, no, come back. And like, <laughs> let me, let me attempt to flirt back with you or something. Like, I yeah. Like, I'll trip over myself to do at this point. Yeah. She like, she like sort of knows that she like, like she like, she does know she knows mm-hmm. that she wants more from him, but like, she also, doesn't know how to like even now that he's made it easy like there's no real chance of him being like oh no I don't want you like he just like told everybody that he does and won't leave her and has been in love with her or whatever and now she's just like I can't I still can't like there's no pressure but I still can't like say what I want from him right because there is a little bit of pressure I mean like there's some pressure of like everybody being like uh so <laughs> like jayha just sitting there like are you like gonna say stuff or <laughs> like, but then, like yeah because like what what is the next step for somebody who has never dated and the only right. person that she's been in love with or that she was in love with killed her father so right. like this is all completely new to her so then to be like blindsided by oh yeah my crush has returned like right i don't know that i would know what to do next either so i feel and like I, I don't know if she wants to yeah. confess or she wants to flirt or she wants to like test the waters like i don't know that she knows <laughs> yeah and i think also it's like there's a whole like another level with her being like a princess and like a displaced princess where it's Mm -hmm. like like they don't really have like a concrete goal of like who like of yona being on the throne Mm -hmm. like it's just yona wants to like help her country and like right now this is how she can do it and so there's no thought in her mind of like i'm gonna go on the throne i'm going to need like a husband who like can stand beside me and like you know, continuing on, like, who is, like, a good, like, diplomatic ally, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, she'll have to eventually think about that. So, like, it isn't as easy as, like, oh, yeah, I'll just take him and it will be fine for her. But also, like, I think on Hawk's side, that's more because I think Hawk still doesn't realize that, like, he is, like, absolutely like a marriage candidate like he yeah. was before but he yeah. like he's like oh no i'm not like really like Mundar's which is wild like are you like the chief of the earth tribe yeah right like it's like here you are like like you're the general of the wind tribe and like you know like he recognizes that like literally any of the other generals or their families are marriage candidates yeah are marriage candidates he's like but not me. (laughs) Like, no, can't possibly be me. There's something clearly wrong with me in this equation. And like, and so he's the one who's like, well, it's impossible for it to go any further anyway, even if she did have feelings. So why say any, like, you know, why push? And then meanwhile, you know, like, I think Yona does know 
Like, I'm sure that, like, it was mentioned multiple times. Clearly, when they, like, fake had an engagement to, like, put off Taejun, nobody was like, oh, it couldn't possibly be Sun Hak. It's like, so she knows it's acceptable. And, like, there's also all that extra pressure of, like, if this goes somewhere, like, like lots of things have to be permanent for her. Like, she can't just, like, <laughs> True. <laughs> like she's around. Yeah, I don't know that she thinks that though. Like, I do, yeah. I do like your point that Hawk yeah. thinks that way because I'm almost positive yeah. that he does. He's like, oh, she's yeah. a princess. Like, I couldn't. Right. But, like, I don't think she really thinks. Well, I don't know. I, I think it's like sort of think of herself as a princess. She but does. I don't know that she like thinks of herself as like yeah. having princess duties in the future. Yeah. Right. It's like clearly at the beginning she did, and like yeah. she understood all that stuff. But like clearly she doesn't think of herself. Like, I don't think she pictures herself on the throne of, like, Kuka yeah, at this point. Yeah, I don't point. think so either, which is really interesting. So I think that she's almost more free in that, where she's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry. But then also it's like, but if she does, like, I mean, like, you know. <laughs> but yes, yeah, like, I'm sure there's, that is part of it, because that's how she yeah. was raised. So I'm sure right, exactly. Is that there's, like, some, like, mathematics in the back going about, like, that's <laughs> that that's there. So it's like, not only does she have, like, all this pressure from everybody being like, great, so he likes you, and you like him. <laughs> So, like, you could just put your face here and his face here and then put them together. And, like, <laughs> you have Jiha take both of their heads and just, like, just, like some push them in. Just kiss. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, so she has the pressure from that of everybody knowing that, like, something should go down. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's, like, and so now there's that pressure. But then there's also, like, if something does go down, now that actually, like, that's rumors that are now going to get out to other sides that can be used and can be, like... It's like there's so many further things that now you have to think about. Though I think she isn't like necessarily mm-hmm. like thinking them too clearly right now. But like, you know, I think that's an enemy who won't let me talk. <laughs> yeah, he keeps walking away before I can say anything. <laughs> Even yeah. slightly, like maybe you could stay and we could talk about this. But no. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah. Okay. So, oh wait. Before he walks away, though, he does say, "I don't even know when I became so hopeless," which I called out oh. as a line because it's just so yeah. fucking tragic to me. And he's just like, "Yeah, there's like literally no hope." Like that's right. how he feels about it, and he's right. cool with it. Um, and then next, Hawk and Jiha have a bro chat. <laughs> Yeah, he has such Always. a good bro in these chapters. Like, first of all, um, I will say he has that brief moment, Hawk does. He says, I can't pin down the moment, which is very Fitzwilliam yeah. Darcy of him, I must I say. Like, yeah. yeah, there's that line in Austin and Pride and Prejudice. Um, I cannot fix on the hour or the spot or the look or the words which laid the foundation. It is too long ago. I was in the middle before I knew that I had begun. Except we have shithead Hawk. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I always find that like, like that whole part where he's like, "Oh, I don't know." I'm like, "Well, we know because that, like, because the manga told us when you had your moment." (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't know. He's loved him. He doesn't know. But now we've got good bro Jiha, which he's just been the best bro these these few chapters. Um, The last one, him being like giving advice to yona and then earlier he was doing it because he was being a little bit of a shit starter where he was trying to get a rise out of hawk at the beginning of this chapter by like hugging yona and then realizing it wasn't going to phase hawk 
but then he has this cute panel where he just sort of pats Yona on the head and walks away. And it's just like, I love big bro Jiha. He's so good. I know. I I think this is Jiha at his best and why I was so resistant to his like weird crush storyline on Yona. Right. Because I think that he works really well as like a shit starting older brother, but I don't, I mean, I don't really care for the idea that like he's also into her. I, I don't know. It does kind of make him more what valiant, I guess, to step yeah. aside and be like, this is who should be together. <laughs> like they were right. But yeah. So yeah, I think he's his best like in this little section. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, like, I think, I think for like Jiha, it's very like, I think for him, it's like very hard for him to tell like what's romantic and like what's platonic and like what's sexual. And like, I mean, because I mean, it's Jiha. So like, he, he yeah. looks at everything and is like, that's hot. So like, yeah. that's like, that's his whole thing is that everything is good. Yeah. But like, you know, I think it's, you know, the, the whole like bond that he has with Yona, like destiny wise, like down to like a biological level makes everything so difficult because it makes everything feel so much more like imperative, Mm -hmm. which always feels more like romantic. I think in that moment where like something feels so imperative that you have to be next to somebody and it just might not be, but it's probably just hard for him to really tell because, you know, he respects her and she's like a fabulous person. And like, maybe he does have these feelings for her or like, maybe he doesn't, but I think it would be almost impossible for him to like actually tease that out. Like almost like how Gija is where it's like Gija also is like in love with her, but like she like, but not really like he doesn't actually have like that background of like knowing what romance is and like what to do with that and like what those feelings actually are but like they're all like I feel like almost all the dragons like have had that moment of like they're a little in love with her and like it's just hard to suss out like where that is in your world because it's like such a deep like weird bond right intrinsic to them exactly I Okay, something you said made things click with Jiha that makes him way more interesting than I've ever been interested in him. (laughs) Um, And it's that his entire struggle is trying to figure out, like, relationships and how to be close to people. Because every time he, like, won't let himself be close to people. But he sleeps around. Well, he says he sleeps around a lot. He says he sleeps around. Have a crack theory that he is (laughs) secretly a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Assuming that he sleeps around, Um, that would be really interesting for him to be like, oh, of course, because I feel these strong emotions about Yona, I must want to sleep with her. And having him like eventually figure out that no, actually, this is a platonic thing that we have, and it's it's indescribable because like we're literally fated to be together, but like. It's more, it, it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be romantic. It's just like, whatever we make it. Right. It's just important. And it's like, important, you know, yeah. yeah. And and it's like in, at most points, like lots of people feel like that's going to be a romantic relationship. That's like most important, but it doesn't have to be. And it isn't always. So it's like, I think it's just, yeah, he just doesn't know. Cause you know, any, any sort of positive relationship he's had with somebody besides like, um, what was it like Gigan? Like it has been sexual. Like, yeah. you know, so it's, and he still flirted with her, even though he was like 
third son, basically. <laughs> so like, he just doesn't have, like, it's just the, the flirt, like, reaction is always on in him. That's his reflex is like flirt with it. That's that will, everything else will suss itself out. <laughs> so, like, no, I so like I that a lot. That's a really interesting take on him. Yeah. I do um, like the idea that he might be a virgin though. Cause I, I think Joanna, one of the other writers in like ANS fandom likes to say that uh, it will be a terrible day when Jiha realizes that like Gija might've actually like gotten more girls than he did because <laughs> <laughs> Gija might actually be more experienced than him. Like, there's no proof, but like, <laughs> it could have happened. Yeah, I mean, Granny <laughs> did send a lot of women after him. She did send a lot of women. Yeah. <sighs> like, who knows yeah. what happened in that village? <laughs> Evan, you're the one that likes Gija and Jiha or Gija. <laughs> Gija and Jiha. Yeah. So I think you're the only one qualified to write that at the moment. <laughs> but I would like to request it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Lord. that would be an interesting fic I, I do love it yeah. I have said tested. I wanted to write them I just didn't know what I wanted to write so I'll, I'll put that under consideration <laughs> just the devastation he'd feel knowing that his whole brand has been like how much I get bitches but just kidding yeah. Mr. <laughs> over here gets the bitches yeah, yeah. <laughs> One day they'll go back to his village and Jihad will be so mad. <laughs> there is actually a really cute fic and it does not have anything to do with sex. It is very G-rated, but it is pretty cute where everybody goes back to the white dragon village and Granny is like very welcoming and they all just have this moment. Like all the dragons have this moment of like, oh, this would, <laughs> this is what it would be like if people actually liked me. Got what he got was like, like, oh, you had a loving family. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they all had fucking awful upbringings. So they get together and yeah. Really I'll try and find it and like link oh it. My gosh, uh, no awesome. guarantees, but <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So during this bro chat, so Hawk never planned to confess. Uh, and he says at one point I stopped trying, I stopped wanting her to see me that way or imagining us together, which I like to point out because one, he did imagine it once. And I want to know mm. what 16 year old Hawk thought that their wedding would be like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, he had it planned. You know, he was like cutting out magazines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and two, this is very sad. <laughs> Just it is. Like, he makes me so sad. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Hawk admits what he wanted to talk to Yona about from last arc, which we could not remember last episode. Um, he did, uh, Jihal, like all of us, assumed it would be about their relationship, but he actually wanted to know if she wanted to get her hairpin from Suan back because she pawned yes. it last arc. Yeah. So yeah. he says it's good that she let it go, but he still can't let everything go. Good continuity because we've loved that this entire time mm -hmm. that this is Hawk's big struggle that he just can't get past. Yes. Is letting go of his anger towards Huan or getting past that betrayal. So I love that this character that is hyper ridiculously competent in all of these things has this like well, two superb hangups is his love for Yona <laughs> being mm. one. And then this other one, which is just like, I cannot get over 
what Suwan did to us. It's like, I just, oh man, I, I had like a whole discussion with this once with someone where it was like, they were talking about, they're like, oh, like, do you think there could ever be like an OT3 ending with this? And I was like, no. And they're like, oh yeah, because Yona could never forgive him for killing her father. And I was like, no, I think Yona could totally understand why he felt like he had to do what he did. I think Hawk can't forgive the betrayal. Like the fact that he put all of his faith in Suwon like that and had no idea. Suwon never told him a single thing and that he didn't know this person at all. And that like this person he was so close to and was so willing to like, I don't want to say like give Yona to, but like, you know, he was so willing to trust her with him. And then to have that be betrayed his like most precious, like person to him, like, (laughs) to have that be betrayed. Like, I think he just would not be able to get over that. Like that, like that's, that's the biggest hurdle is that like Hawk can't let go of that. This was like his best friend who may not have ever existed. Like this was all fake. At least, you know, Hawk must think that now, you know, where it's like, like, it's too painful to think that some of that might've been real. It's just easier for him to say like, it's all fake. It was never what I thought it was. Yeah. And like that chapter is closed yeah. and like he can recognize even, that she might want it, but he can't. Yeah. And even, even if it wasn't fake, the idea that's like, I'm never going to be able to trust you with Yona. Again. Right. Yeah. Like that he had no inkling that anything was ever yeah. wrong, that he didn't like eel the same way that Hawk did that. He didn't, you know, treasure yona the same way that he did like that whole thing where it's like you know hawk had this whole thought of them as a unit and then to find out that like suwan never really thought of it like that that like i mean i think it's weird because it's like i think suwan thought of him and hawk as a unit and then like yona was a little bit off to the side where it was like she was sort of there but like they were like you know so it's like hawk pictured this like triangle that he was a part of and it like that part never existed. Suwon was always like by himself. And then Hawk was the other person that he like trusted, mm-hmm. but he trusted, he knew that what Hawk was going to do yeah. like, and that he, and he knew that Hawk would never betray Eel, which I'm not even sure if that's true. Uh, like at the end of the day, if Suwon had actually approached him with like, what was going what, on? What was going on in his own head? I'm not sure that Hawk would have mm-hmm. like fully pushed him off the way Sue Wan thinks. I do think that uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because I also sort of have that theory. Yeah, um, and I have a running thing. We're not there yet, but it will come up in this arc. So, like the mildest of spoilers. But here's the thing: Sue Wan consistently like reads Hawk wrong. Yes. And there are giant moments where he like d- swears that Hawk will do one thing and then he does another. Um, and so mm. I do wonder if that is true where like Suwon just decided Hawk would never betray Yona and he'd never betray the King. Like, is that true anymore? Because, you know, he has done things that Suwon swore he would never do. I don't know right. if that has happened yet in the manga. So that might be yeah. a Marvel spoiler. Than yeah. realized, I, think but like, I think it's almost funny because, like, Hawk really truly believed Suwon and Yona would get married. Mm-hmm. And I think Suwon thought Yona and Hawk were going to get married. And, like, that was just... And so they both have been seeing this triangle, like, very different. Like, where he's been able to kind of see that they were a side of the triangle and he's left out. Whereas Hawk always saw that 
Yona and Suwan were the side of the triangle and he's left out. And hmm. Yona didn't perceive a triangle. She just loved Suwan. Oh, <laughs> and Hawk's here. here. <laughs> Ruining my day. <laughs> Taking up Suwan's precious time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because Suwan never saw himself as marrying Yona. Like he, he right. never thought that was, that was a surprise to him. So I think yeah. that's just, you know, he never really assumed that he was, he was always doing his own thing. So I think he just always thought of that as th- they're together on their side of the triangle, no matter what. And I'm yeah, the odd one out. that's true. That's true. I don't know that I, I've ever thought of Suwon assuming that Yona and Hawk would get married, but I do think that you're right in that he saw them on one side of the triangle and he was alone yeah. at the like other end. Like a lot um, of well, yeah, because he he I think it's something that again mild spoilers that he who phrases it later I think as far as as like boxes to be put up, yeah. and they were always something that he could box away. Right. 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 Uh, but he is, uh, he struggles with that a lot. He has never been able to control his feelings about them. And I think he's kind of surprised by that. And yeah. I would like to once again, because we'll come up and we'll bring this up again later in these chapters. But the only people that he is consistently surprised by are Yona, Hawk, and Lily. Right. Yeah. So, uh, furthering my agenda. But I do yeah. think it's fun that like... <laughs> That Hawk and Yona are both the people that like he he can't like he can't figure it out. He doesn't, yeah, he can't he doesn't know out, how they can't work. Control anything right. about them, and I no. I think that makes he's the most interesting when he has to deal with them. Because otherwise, he's just like perfect and like who who the fuck cares, you know? Right, right. <laughs> That's my he's opinion. A master. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So uh, let me see. He okay. So Hawk says that it's good to let it go, but she still can't let ever or he can't. She let it go. He can't. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> uh, so just to slightly pivot off of that, because we talked a lot about it just now, but um, I do admire the way that Kusanagi writes emotional progress. Hawk mm-hmm. has spent the entire series dealing with Suwon's betrayal and has only just started to confront his feelings about it. Uh, in Say, he basically called it a tentative truce. In Shing, he thinks about how he's struggling with his need for revenge. And now he's admitting it out loud, which is also sort of a step forward because he like has refused to even admit that he knew Suwon like back like in the first arc he basically refused to admit it um so now he's like talking about it out loud and like it seemed like he was making a really big step forward and say where he was like okay I agree I'm not gonna fucking kill you (laughs) and now he's like I don't know that that's true anymore though like I still kind of want to kill you (laughs) so I like that he kind of goes back and forth about this and he like it's not a one and done thing and it's the same as like Yona's emotional arc with it where like she Mm. gets better and she has these little setbacks he has the same thing yeah I think he just he I think he wants to believe that he could forgive Suwon Mm -hmm. because if Yona's willing to let it go then shouldn't he be able to let it go and he just can't he can't do it yeah he he hasn't gone through it yeah like so it's like she lets go of the hairpin and is like I'm like I no longer need this I don't need this this feeling yeah this reminder I don't need to carry this feeling around Mm -hmm. and so like you know like there's like sort of like that base like oh she doesn't love him anymore she's giving him up and then there's also like the like she's sort of giving up on this whole like of letting that bond be like the thing that like pulls her 
towards something or away from something. And like, and Hawk's just like, yeah, I can't like, I can't let this be something that doesn't almost define me. Like my hatred for Suwon is like so strong still. Like my, my feelings of betrayal are something I can't forget. Mm -hmm. Like I can't let go of it. Like she can. Yeah. There's that, uh, that difficult thing of seeing somebody else progress while you're not right <laughs> and right. having it be like well what's wrong with me like right yeah you're just going at your own pace and it's not a problem hawk but i definitely get it and it is relatable to look at somebody else who's doing better than you and having it be like well why can't i be that better right you know? uh, poor boy Okay, so then Jiha thinks, Yona, you're the only one who can save him from his darkness, which, like, I don't love, but it's the end of the chapter. Yeah, like, don't, don't put that pressure on her. Don't put that on somebody. Like, that's <laughs> not romantic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is something he has to do for himself, which I think he does really well, but, like, there's no reason like, for that to She be can there. support him or whatever, but, like, he has to make steps for himself. I don't know. That's a... Exactly. That's a romance trope I don't like when they're like, yeah. you have to save them. Yes. <sighs> There's one trope that I actually really don't like that people, I've, I've seen at least one Tumblr post talk about how much they love it. And like, if you love it, cool, whatever. But like, when somebody's going absolutely like berserk and the only thing that can bring them back is their like deepest okay. love. And they're like, hey, look at me. This isn't you. Like, it's like, I'm not really of that. Because what happens when I that person know. dies or if that person wants right. to leave them? Like, it's, yeah, exactly. If it's so much on it, it's like sometimes they do it right and you're like, wow, this is like really moving and amazing. Yeah. But most of the time, it's like, I feel like when I watched the Avengers and they had like, Natasha and the Hawkins, oh, like, like, oh yes, I, I'm like, who? When did this happen? I don't care about this. Like, <laughs> yeah. no one's singing lullabies. Like, let's get out of this. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, this isn't <laughs> earned. Out of this. This is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How I felt through most of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't remember this ever happening. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like sometimes you can really make that feel like you're like, oh yeah, and you can really make people believe it. But a lot of times I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I, like. Right. You have it's to like, have you have to have built up the romance in such a way that I do believe it. And you're right. A lot of the times I just don't. Because like romance is really fucking hard to write. Yeah. It's like every time they do that, I'm like, but do they like each other? And like most of the answer is no. And I'm like, then why would that calm him? Like, you know, it's like if everything yeah. that that like defines their relationship is like stress, where it's like it's us against the world. I'm like, what brings like what would help him be brought down like what like what makes that safe harbor like you know like what does that what does that do have you ever seen veronica mars i haven't and i want to desperately okay <laughs> okay then it, it, someday when you watch it you'll have to let me know what you think season two <laughs> there's a couple that people love it's like, is it like, is it Veronica and Logan? Um, how much do you want me to spoil? You can spoil. I don't care. I'll forget. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That's kind of how I feel about things too. It is Veronica and Logan because at one point he has this one quote that everybody loves to pull up and it's something like, I thought our love was epic, like uh, spanning hundreds of years and bloodshed and things like that. Like I thought that we were supposed to be together because this is hard and love is hard. And I'm like, the entire time I'm just like, oh my God, no. break up. You're in high school. Yeah. <laughs> come on that was, like, that was like the relationship where i would watch on like 
like where I'd see it on live journal and then like on Tumblr. And I'd be like, Oh, well that like is really interesting. Cause I really love like, you know, rivals to lovers. And then like, yeah. I would see those quotes and I'd be like, Oh, I don't really like that quite as much as everybody else well, does. So maybe yeah. I'll like the other well, bits of it, but not that. On, on scandal at one point, like Olivia breaks up with like her, one of her like stable boyfriends for fits. And she says something <laughs> about like, who wants like really hard, excruciating, painful love. And the guy she breaks up with is like, love is not supposed to be that way. But like, and he's so valid. Yeah. It's like, that's that you just really but, want like therapy. It's but okay. Like, she up, but she breaks up with him because she needs that. Right. Like, she needs it to be pain. Hard love with right. fits. I'm like, uh, that's just exhausting. Right. I know. Man, I had to give up on Scandal because of her relationship with Fitz. It was yes. so ridiculous. I didn't like Well, I had started it late. And at that point, Jake was already on, which at the end, they just like character assassinate Jake and have him like go crazy and like full villain and shit. But I loved Jake and Olivia instead yeah. and was never, and Fitz was already being like full shithead by then. So I never <laughs> got the like love for them that people had. Well, I can tell you, I never made it to Jake and I still hated Olivia and Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like whenever they're like, we've made this guy be a big jerk and like, she's going to go have like a better relationship and then like come back and then like, he'll yeah. come back and like, but it will be like really meaningful because she's figured out that she wants this BS. You're like, no, no. Like there's a reason, you know, when you break up, you don't go back. Like you don't look back. You just keep yeah. going forward. You outgrew something about that. Yeah. <laughs> I did recently go and look up the ending because I was curious if they wound up together and apparently they leave it ambiguous as to whether or not <laughs> oh, they get God. back together. I will choose to believe that they do not because <laughs> their relationship sucks. Oh, <laughs> Which is wild because normally I always tell people when there's an ambiguous ending, I will always pick the happier one. Right. Without fail. Like I'll always choose the happier version right. as my canon ending. But for that one, the happier canon version for me is her not getting back with him. Yeah. The happier version for that is that she never has to see Fitz again or talk to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to any listeners who might be scandal and... Olivia Fitz fans. <laughs> I have to imagine nobody the mess. Remembers. <laughs> nobody remembers Scandal. It's been off the air for like five years at this point. Um, okay. <laughs> Ending bonus art is cute. Yoon doesn't see no hair. All right, chapter one fifty four. Do we have any other thoughts about one fifty three? About shows that haven't been on the air for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, 154 concerns. Uh, okay, so this chapter opens with Zeno suggesting they all go to Kuto. Uh, being near the palace will help everyone recuperate better. Uh, which is something I think that we've already brought this up before, right? Like, if they, I think when we visited Calgon, they said that they were rough because they were too far away. Yeah. Okay. Right. So this has come up before. So they yeah. want to go to the palace because it's close. Okay, so the mausoleum that for Hiryu is in the castle. And even when Yuhan was going after the priests, anything... Nope, sorry. <laughs> read that. The priests and anything to do with the gods, nobody could touch the mausoleum. Right. Which feels important to bring up. Though, 
we are far enough into the story that we are getting more and more things that haven't actually been answered yet. So I don't think that we know the significance of this. Correct yeah, I, we don't we don't yet know why Yuhan had like a thing against. Her. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, that's like that's way later. Yeah. That is. Yeah, great. but and we I, also don't know that like the significance of the mausoleum in general. Like, I feel like. Right. A mausoleum in a castle that can't be touched by normal human hands that, like, Suwon is... Well, okay, whatever. Suwon gets kicked out of it, basically. Like, this all feels kind of important. Like, right. Yes, you're right. We have answered why Yuhan has, like, a beef with all priests and gods. But the rest of it is... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, I like here... um, when they start talking about the mausoleum and Yona brings it up, uh, Gija gets this like excited look on his face and a little blush and goes, what was it like? Which I just think is a cute little character touch because he's mm-hmm. always been the most like enthused and proud of like their dragon heritage and the right. dragon lore. So just having that cute character moment, it's good little continuity that Kusanagi excels at. It is. Exactly. I missed that. And that is really cute. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So Yona remembering everything is really cute. She like has really fond memories of playing there as a kid. And she has like really fond memories of her father. Um, and then like along with the plot of the rest of the series is that Simon does not have fond memories of King Eel because King Eel was not very kind to him. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's a little bit on Eel. It's, what's yeah. right? Him I mean, he was like six years old and King Eel was like, your lives are rancid. You cannot come in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't come. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's like... The more you find out about King Eel through like Suwon's eyes, and even through Yona, like, because even Yona's like, yeah, Dad told him he couldn't come. Or like, she thought he meant both of them when he clearly just meant Suwon. Mm-hmm. And like, it just, like, you're just like, yeah, wow, yeah, no wonder he doesn't like Eel. Like, Eel didn't make any attempts to be nice to him. Yeah. Because, like, you know, for a while, all it is is that, like, all you know of Eel's relationship with Suwon is just that he told Yona that she couldn't marry him. And, mm-hmm. like, and that's, like, sort of it. Like, you don't really, I don't, like, I don't even think you see them interact all that much, like, in the first few chapters or, like, the episode of the anime. Like, they're they're both in the palace, but yet, like, not in the same room. Actually, and it's I like, don't think they do talk or ever no. share the screen. No, and it does, and, like, and, you know, at the time I was watching it, obviously, it didn't, like, I was like, oh, well, whatever, like, they must talk at some point. Because, like, she's so close to Suwon or whatever. But then it's, like, you realize as the series goes on that he, like, never interacts with Suwon. Like, th- like there's no... Like, the one time where they are in the same room is when Suwon is asleep when they're, like, little kids and in the oh. sick room. And, like, he brings Yona, her, like, porridge, her terrible porridge. <laughs> and so, like... Yeah. But he doesn't actually, like interact with Suwon at all in that scene it's he's just there asleep so it's like so you start realizing like the the absences that you're seeing that like this big relationship for Yona you like like you'll never took an interest in he like mm-hmm. he like continually came up with ways to like push him away now that you're seeing like you can't go into Hiryu's shrine 
and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like how much of Suwon's being a monster was his own making. Right. Like how I much feel like I feel like a lot of it was him pushing Yuhan's sins right uh, onto Suwon. Right. And it's like it's I yeah, I don't want to spoil, but like, you know, there's yeah. just there's like there's a lot going on there where it's like yeah. how much of this could have been avoided knowing the pressure that Suwon was under from other places mm-hmm. if Eel had just been kind to him. Mm-hmm. Like if Eel had just not been someone who was punishing him constantly. by like just ignoring him or like forbidding him from places so you know again this like circle of vengeance where like your dad did something bad so now i'm gonna punish you and like yona is basically the only character who sees all this going on and is like actually no (laughs) yeah (laughs) and got her empathy like she says what and she's in this memory she's like when suwan was scolded and i wasn't i was so sad yeah. yeah like uh, such a sweetheart yeah like that hurt her yeah i think it's so i think it's just so interesting because it's like you so much of the stuff you see as kids is filtered through like your kid eyes and then like you know when you're older you like filter it through your adult eyes so, like your memories are always changing yeah. and so it's so interesting to see her because she you know she doesn't have all the information so she just sees it and she's like yeah it's really unfair like when we were young that he got scolded and I didn't because we both went in and we both weren't supposed to go in. And it's like, no, you were allowed in and he wasn't. And like, that's the real thought you should be having is like, why is Suwon being kept out of this place? And you aren't right. If this is like so sacred and special. So, yeah, true. Also, I do like that you pointed out that like memories change because I do feel like she goes on a journey with this memory where she starts out and she's like, God, I have such good memories. Like my dad and I used to hang out there all the time. Oh shit, there was that weird thing with Suwon. I definitely cried. (laughs) She's becoming an adult and being like, Yeah, this really fun thing as a kid, and then realizing, like, oh, that was not. Yeah. And it's like when you start telling a story, and like all of a sudden, like in the middle of the story, you realize it's like really screwed up, and you're like, Oh, hold up. I don't know if I was going to share this. Yeah. And (laughs) he is is starting to ruminate because, you know, you brought up that thing of like, Hey, she should be questioning why it was Suwon that was barred, which she does. She does think to herself, I wonder why father refused to let him go in. Right. But then that track, whatever um, revelation she might have about that get yeah. disrupted <laughs> because, because Hawk. Because Hawk's here. He's really yeah. just keeping thinking from happening at all. Like She's just like, yeah, that is really screwed up. Maybe I should really, oh my God, it's Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's really interesting. I I wasn't going to fill in the rest of that sentence for you because I didn't know where you were going because the way that I read this is that she was still sort of protecting her dad to be like, my dad did something really fucked up. I don't want to tell anyone about it because I want people to be nice to his memory because everybody's so fucking mean about his memory. I would play it with my dad. If he did something bad to someone else, I wouldn't tell anybody else because I'd be like, yeah, like, please honor his memory with me. I loved yeah, him. Right. <laughs> It's a personal thing. Um, <laughs> you think it's because she's a hawk and she was like, ooh, cute boy. I can't remember anymore. Well, that was, it's just the way I saw it presented in the panels because she has that question. Yeah. I wonder why father refused to let him go in and then foof. <laughs> distraction. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I, I read that wrong. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> but that's funny. 
Uh, yeah, that's when uh, that's when he says he might not stop at holding her hand. <laughs> she drops the stuff, <laughs> which again, uh, one of those cheesy moments. But it feels better now because you're right; she's into it, and it's no longer like pushing. Yeah, he looks really good here. Like specifically, she's carrying a lot of laundry. Uh, she bumps into him and drops everything. Uh, and of course he's teasing her and he, and then she, she wants to redress his wound and like, you just get that nice hawk bicep. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. Yeah. So know, he's I got like, he's got like the shoulder out and the arm. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's wearing that necklace she gave him. Right. Like, he looks really good. So I understand her being flustered where he grabs her hand. And then if it's just so him saying if just it's just that if you touch me so much, I may not stop at holding your hand. Like, he's smooth now. Right. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. no fear. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Although in my notes, I have he's kind of like a dog chasing his own tail. Because what would you yeah. do if she said, OK, Hawk? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he's like a dog chasing a car, and now he's caught the fender, and he's like, "What's next? I never thought I'd get this far." (laughs) Quite frankly, this is as far as I ever imagined, so I can't really. Um, So, Evan, you mentioned that he looks really good here. I am very sad. I've never brought this up before because I don't think I'll ever be able to find it. But I feel like I saw it on your blog, Jen. So maybe you'll remember this. But I swear, this post someone made where they were like. Hawk looks really good after like chapter 140 and somebody else was yeah. like yeah it's because she's like really into him at this point so like he looks yes. really sexy which I think is such a fun like take think on the series uh, yeah. I'll never it's be able like, to find it's, it again it's a fun thing that happens in manga sometimes where it's like you get the like suddenly when somebody is the like love interest Mm-hmm. Like they get so hot, especially whenever <laughs> you're like in the POV of like the person who is like telling the story where yeah. it's like suddenly they go from like this dude <laughs> to like, Just ooh, yeah. like because he has like he has so many like dark looks that he gives her that are like so sultry and like mm-hmm. and you're just like, is this just like sort of like the um like shoujo vision like the otome cg like and on the outside it looks completely different (laughs) is that why obi gets better hair as the manga goes on that's we talk about that a lot because he gets he he starts getting drawn much wider in the shoulders with like the tapering waist (laughs) and like the much more pronounced like asian features (laughs) after like lilius arc, like like the second lilius arc where they're like there for a long time yeah and like like he just gets better looking the more the more he's so in he looks good now. That was kind of what I'm. I'm kind of superficial oh. when it comes to manga, and if I don't think the love interest is like attractive, or if I don't think the art style is good, I can't yeah. get into it. And oh, that yeah. was always kind of one of my hangups. I'm like, Ovi's not that cute, but he's got her art. Super. He get her art is beautiful now. Like you know, yeah, it's like very yeah, typical shojo in the beginning, and then once you get towards like I think it's like the '60s. Uh, she goes through like this whole like renaissance with her art style where she like really throws like all of like the shoujo like the early shoujo like long limbs like like weird faces or whatever and like she like it's beautiful they're gorgeous now like everybody looks amazing so like and he looks extremely
extremely good. And whenever she does the volumes, because she does so many redraws, he is like gorgeous in every panel. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. I like she takes the broader shoulders that she's given him. I feel like yeah. I feel like the fandom has explained that away as him being yes. better fed, which I fucking yes. love. <laughs> That's like, like we'll, we got you. We'll go <laughs> we'll patch up that wall that you yeah we'll patch he's just he's been working out every day <laughs> he's he eats lots of northern food he's, <laughs> he's doing good he's thriving and so now he's like uh, super hot because yeah. <laughs> he was right like all him. limb before <laughs> yeah her art style does get better um also gets, coincidentally the storyline gets better at that exact point so, it does uh, again if anybody's thinking about starting it should give it a try <laughs> you should give it a try it's it's hard at first because it goes from a slice of life because she didn't know she was gonna get the free reign that she got yeah and then uh and then it goes she as soon as the plot starts up that's when things start getting pretty good and like she gets more and like she gets better and better at like threading plot lines through each other so that like everything kind of flows into one arc to the next. Right. So. It doesn't feel like a hard stop or like I'm introducing right. this. So this it can be brought up later. Like it feels pretty organic, which is Im- yeah. impressive, honest. Right. Because and a then, lot of the times that doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. And she does a little bit of like, there's always a few chapters of like slice of life in the middle that like <laughs> helps set up like the next arc, like that does like a nice bridge between the two arcs. So you get kind of like a touch base about like where everybody's character is at. Yeah. And then like, and you can start making like really wild assumptions about what's going to happen next arc. So. <laughs> Which Yona does too, but it's yeah. less important because they're not all, well, I mean, they sort of are like you, you do have the two camps of like what Suwan is doing versus what Yona's doing. Yeah. But there are a lot of like disparate plot lines. I feel like <laughs> in Snow White, we're like, who's going where? Like what's like, going on? What's, what's going on? Like yeah. who's, who's doing what? And they're like, and there's, where is everybody in the world? world yeah yeah Yeah. and then you'll get like a catch-up at the end where it's like this is where they've been like what they've been doing and what everything and you're like oh okay and then it will like factor into the next arc and you're like oh oh all right like and maybe zen and shiryuki will talk once every two years and it'll oh my gosh i know every two irl years like (laughs) 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 it used to be clockwork where you would get like a zen yuki kiss like it was like november of every year like and you could tell it's like her (laughs) she's like i fulfilled my contract <laughs> I was mapping out early days Yona stuff, and it was like every like we would do two chapters uh, a week, and every like month, like once a month, there would be a big hawk Yona moment in the beginning. So I do wonder yes. if there's a schedule where, like, I mean, people are here for the romance. I kind of have to throw like, that in, gotta, but it you gotta give a little panic, bit. So I'm not upset about it, but it is right. funny. <laughs> It's like almost like, clockwork. Yeah, it's like you gotta get you gotta get one bit in this year. You gotta do it so that they'll yeah. so they'll keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, let's see where are we at. Uh, meanwhile, ooh, meanwhile in Kuto, Oji is moping while wearing yeah. Yona's hairpin. Plot catch up <laughs> time. The whole world knows Yona's alive, and everyone thinks the Dragon Warrior legends are real. So that's the world now that we live in. Uh, and then surprise, 
Lily shows up. Lily. Yes. I'm so excited. I love what she said. Basically, fuck you, Sawan. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> and just decided to yeah. go see OG on her own. <laughs> yeah. Although she, she did invite him along, which I think yeah. is very nice of her. I know. Would yeah, you like, I like to, to see your that... friend? I'm going to go see your friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I like to think that he's like, no, and you're not supposed to go either. Yes. And she's like, okay, guess you're not coming. Bye. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he probably did like, you weren't you weren't supposed to go. Don't go. And she's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like like at this point, it's probably more like, um, is there anything I can do to make you stop? <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> I know. Like, you know, he like, just tried very softly to discourage her. And she's like, anyway, I'm leaving. And he's like, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, God. So good. Uh, yeah. So Lily has a questionable question about the pin, why he would be wearing a lady's pin. Which... Yeah. Again, Kusanagi's homophobia strikes again. <laughs> Jen, I know that you don't agree. I mean, I do, I do, but it's also like it's hard to like it's like it's like by our standards, yes, but like I think by where she is in Japan, like almost like it's almost progressive, and it's like you know it's a sad state of affairs to be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. is (laughs) Like, as we record this, they're like, has has same sex marriage actually been a like officially recognized or are they working on it in japan i think they're working on it i'm not sure i can't quite remember yeah i don't know if it's legalized or not there yeah i gotta say i've been reading heaven officials blessing and as oh boy (laughs) weirdly progressive and weirdly deeply regressive so like there's an idea that like the um if you don't know the plot basically there's like gods and then on the other side there are ghosts which are basically like demons that they deal with and then there are normal yeah. people so the gods right. can like change their genders and there is mm. one god who really likes being a woman and everybody thinks it's kind of weird but they also sort of deal with it and they're like all right that's just like a quirk that he has and like right. sometimes he's a woman and that's cool um, and the same, like, there's the opposite, too. Like, there's a woman who uh, becomes a man when she, like, goes to talk to her followers because, like, nobody wants a, a woman in the role that she has as a god. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then you have that. Uh, and then you right. have, like, multiple jokes about the main character. Like, I, I literally, this is why it's on the top of my brain because I've been reading it. Uh, he has, he dressed up as a woman to, like, throw the scent off of these people that were following them. And so he showed up and they, like, didn't know whether to call him ma- ma'am or sir. And he, it, the internal monologue is just like, he's dressed up as anything and everything. So he wasn't really that bothered by it. Like, <laughs> so, like, in some ways it's really progressive. In some ways it's not. And that's how I really feel right. about Kusaki. Because, like, yeah, in it's way, like she's good. And in some ways, she thinks, like, oh, it's really funny to point out that a man is wearing a lady's hairpin. <laughs> like, I know. It's like, it's hard. It's like one of those things where you're like, it's hard to assess because it's like, yeah, that's like kind of homophobic from like where we are. And like, you wouldn't, you know, like, you don't want to gender that way. But like, if then you're like, oh, but like, they're like, you know, they just went through like Shinzo Abe and like the whole thing yeah. with like, yeah. let's, you know, have like state sponsored stuff that makes people want to have kids and like that whole thing. So it's like, and like shoujo is one of like the most controlled genres. So like, it's always so hard to tell like what's trying to be progressive and like what's trying to be regressive and like where somebody falls on that. 
Right. So like, it's like, it's not necessarily that I'm like, oh, I don't agree. It's like, no, I mean, yeah. But like, also like, it's hard to say like whether she would put herself there or even like, you know, like what like communities there would think of like what she does. You know, it's like tough to like, it's tough as a Westerner to be like, well, like by my values, yeah, it's not enough. But like maybe by their values, it's like really far or not. So it's like tough to tell. Yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard also, to tell. Yeah. It, maybe it's not her viewpoint at all. And maybe she just thinks Lily would be homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, Lily's just pointing out, like, I mean, Lily knows it's Yona's pin. So I think it's just part of her. She's playing a little dumb for him. Be like, why I would you be so. wearing? Yeah. Why are you wearing? Because she, like, she says only a few lines later that like why would you have something so nice like this is this is Yona's pen and like we all know it so I think it's like also part of like her like she you know she does like the film noir smoke out where she like slowly builds her case and like I did not read it that way at all I thought she was just like it's weird that you dress like a lady hey wait a minute I know that lady's pen (laughs) yeah I thought she was just being you know her typical gremlin self yeah exactly like no filter (laughs) Um, but I do also like the opinion that she had this planned out to begin with. That gives her a little more credit than I she, have ever. Given she kind of does like she likes to do like the little Poirot scene where like she's like where everybody's in the library and she's like figured it all out and like she wants everybody to like recognize that she's like been the smart one. And it just like it falls apart because she usually like, misses a skip or two and then she's like or she like got like a certain amount of the way in and like a dangerous amount and then she's like yeah yeah and then she just and then she's like oh i didn't finish my thought here and if i had i'd realize maybe that wasn't the best idea but like, this is like it feels like she she comes in and like she sees him sitting there she sees the pin and she's like there's something wrong with that pin mm-hmm. and then like realizes it's yona's and is like sort of like leading him on like oh like it's a woman's pin why would you wear a woman's pin and like why like here's a like and like it's also a very fine pin. Like, how'd you even get it? Like, uh, but I know whose pin it is. Like, you know, she's just waiting for him to like give her answers to like disprove him. So yeah. 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 I like that opinion of her. I have yeah. never read her as that, but I'm not against it. Yeah. Lily is full of multitudes. Is my she does. Yeah. The thing is that, like, Lily always has like she has her idea of what has happened. Yeah. It may not be real, but she's gonna function like it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I feel like she almost tries to chessmaster her. Like, she she tries to chessmaster those confessions out of people, and like, it never quite mm-hmm. goes off the right way because she's yeah. not she's not Suwon who's like thought out every angle and has like played like forty chess and like knows how to win this. <laughs> which yeah. is why she always screws him up because she's like flying off the handle about something and he's like no <laughs> like, yeah. i was handling this <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh, that's what i love about side characters there's so much like room to play around with because i never would have yeah. like viewed lily like that but then you came in and you're just like here's how i see her and i'm like oh my god that's yeah, awesome like, she just, like tell yeah, me more like, i mean i think that's like she just kind of does it and it's just like you know it's she's very clever but like also very naive so she she can follow a thought through to a point and then like 
the point where things get dangerous, like, you know, what would happen if you revealed this information <laughs> in this room full of men who are from the underground? What would happen? Yeah. <laughs> her bodyguards have her back. So she's yeah, exactly. We'll just look at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah cool. I think that's exactly true because she is really smart super clever but like doesn't have friends so she's poorly socialized (laughs) and that's where her problems come in exactly and i love it okay uh yep so it comes out that og helped yona so now suwon won't talk to him uh and og and lily both know that they both know everyone and everything that's going on right um also i would like to point out that this means that Suwon has cut off contact with Oji for being in contact with Yona. But guess who he still talks to? <laughs> Lily. Because they're in love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, next scene. They are uh, together in um, the mausoleum, sort of. But Suwon does not know this. <laughs> he, like, goes down because he's in his head and he's, like, deeply upset. Like, uh, things are still mysterious. We don't know anything about anything at this point, but he like right. walks down and Lily's like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> that was so you. funny. <laughs> His face when she's surprised. She, like, I think the thing is that it's like, as you said, there's like three people that he can't anticipate. There's Hawk, Yona, and Lily. But Hawk and Yona, he can't like anticipate because like they're so kind and they're so willing to work things out and like they're willing to go against their own interests. Lily is just a chaos agent and he doesn't know how to handle <laughs> yeah. any of it. She just like flies yeah. onto his board and like upsets all the pieces and he just doesn't know what to do with her besides kind of try to get rid of her but like he can't quite like <laughs> Lily is like the cat that walks by and knocks over pieces with her tail <laughs> just yeah, like, exactly. he just can't he can't ever figure her out because you know here she is scaring the living daylights out of him <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like what you doing having deep thoughts want to <laughs> tell me I'll tell Yona like <laughs> Like, yeah. like, oh, he's like clearly going through something and she's like what the fuck's wrong with you yeah. <laughs> yeah. are you like having an emotion or something are you broken like yeah. <laughs> exactly oh she's perfect she's so funny okay so and then oh uh, so in my notes I have location wise this is below the throne room which again I don't know if any of this matters but like just throwing it out there just in case like maybe yeah it'll come back. Uh, well, it's, oh, there's always something important below the throne room there's some dead person below the throne room yeah. that, you know whatever like that's is that's that like a, a trope that's a trope yeah where yeah. there's like the 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 place of power is some dead person beneath like the you know it's like some spirit thing some whatever mm-hmm. like so it's a common trope, I guess, like, I think across most, like, both East and West media, because you usually if you see it, like, in Western media, it's like, you know, Spider Queen beneath the Vatican type deal where they're like, there's something super, like, sinister and like, the, it's a saint's bones. Like, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and like, I think they have sort of like a similar, like, th- like, obviously not what not like not like very catholic centric like <laughs> craziness but like you know it's much more like there's there like you know they have stuff with like um you know bodies mean something there's like um you know like because because there's buddhism and they also have like the um 
blanking on the word, but like they have like the nature spirits and stuff like that. And those are actually two different like religion systems and in one uh, like, and like, so you're like a Buddhist in death and like in life you're, you follow like the other system and it's very like, it's very different and interesting, but like they have that same thing where it's like, there's always like, Oh, like it's somebody's spirit, but like, and it's beneath the throne room and you're like, Oh wow. Like that's weird to have a body down there. (laughs) I mean, I, it must be normal to most people who did that. Uh, So right. (laughs) I don't want to call it weird, but like, I have never encountered this before. So you're telling me it was was like, Okay. Like, oh, like I mean, like, it's kind of weird, but like, well, like, like in Catholicism, like if you have a if you have a cathedral, like the reliquary is typically like, yeah, it's got beneath. like the bone, yeah. the finger bone of like Saint Peter. Yeah, exactly. It's beneath. It's 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 like they have a fake one on display, and then like the real ones beneath. Like yeah, and, like, yeah, supposedly. And, like, the like, or that, that was the thing. Like all old school cathedrals were supposed to have yes. at least some relic that was like a. Bu- if you go to Alex, if you go to um, the Nelson Atkins, <laughs> yeah. our local museum, they've actually got exhibits where they'll show you. It's like, oh, this is supposed to contain the bone of Saint So and So, Saint John, or just supposedly yeah. had so yeah. Yeah, and then like, and then in Asia they had. I think there was a whole thing about like, um, there was uh, the bones of like Buddhist monks and stuff like that that were yeah. supposed to have like special powers. Like, because there was a whole thing where um, there's a certain like thing that some monks would do where they would like starve themselves and pray and like sit in their position and like and they would die like that and then they suppose their body supposedly had like powers after death or whatever so hmm. yeah the, like the like, dead bodies being beneath thrones are like a thing for, yeah for both so. east and west <laughs> okay so that's um i also love that with this mausoleum like this is clearly the first time really or one of the first times that uh suwan has gone in here since that time as children Mm -hmm. and so it must have been hard not to just immediately like you know because I'm thinking in terms of hating eel that would have been like one of the first things on my list just to go and fuck you yeah like really just touch that sarcophagus like really get your hands like all on it exactly but he's only just gotten around to it and going in there so I I think almost like he might have had to even work himself up to feeling like he can go into this place that he was told he was unworthy of. And Lily just marches right on in. Yeah, Lily just, like, <laughs> she just, she just goes straight in there. Like, here's this, yeah. this whole place he has, like, so much baggage with that he, like, yeah, doesn't Yeah, like, he's clearly doing something kind of secretive, and she's just yeah. like, well, I wonder what he's doing. I'm gonna go find out. <laughs> like, what that guy's up to? Oh, it's Shinto know, but... is the other, Shintoism is the other, like, religion yeah. in Japan that's, like, that's, like, the that's like the whole like you're Shinto in life and Buddhist in death. And like, it's actually like a transgression oh. to touch like a dead body in Shinto, that sort of thing. Mm, that's so, interesting. Yes. Joanna has a whole thing about it. Like <laughs> she's the religion major. I'm just relaying what I get over time. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know about with the, um, cause like each part of Asia has like its own flavor of like Buddhism mixed with like their own, like, you know, homegrown religion and stuff so it's like i don't know they they bring up buddhism in this chapter which is very interesting but like um with a 
Jayhaw mentions that Hawk has like been uh, denying himself for so long. And that's like actually all part of like Buddhist belief of like denying yourself for like higher purpose and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, cool. yeah, no, I didn't make yeah. that connection, but you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's actually like a note in like one of the fan scans that they're like, this is like a Buddha Buddhism principle. And yeah. then like Joanna went on, Joanna has like a whole speech about it for like 20 minutes of like, <laughs> what it's about. Yeah, and my opinion of that is just that Jihau's calling him a monk, but like not saying it yeah. in so many words. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're not going to fuck anybody else because you're, you've yeah. been so in love with her this whole time. that you're basically, <laughs> you know. It's like, so it's this whole thing about like, in order to like ascend to a higher place spiritually, you have to like push away like all your um worldly like, desires and yeah all your worldly desires and stuff like that so he's like making a, like a distinct reference to her like to him becoming a more like sacred person for her by pushing it all away and that like that screwed up how he's reacting to her right now because he's like so used to denying himself and being like i'm better for denying myself that like he's just not realizing that she's like putting out green lights for him like at every turn <laughs> Like you can come here. Yes. You, I want you to you go can, for it. I told you a few chapters ago that you could touch me and I want you to touch me. Like, please pick up on my subtle oh. hints. <laughs> are so funny. Their romance is yeah. so good. There are little bits in here where I'm just like, what what are you thinking? But I always know because it's written well, but at the same yeah, time. It is. <laughs> it's like they're just such teenagers that you're like, oh come yeah. on, like guys. And then you're like, no, I know full grown adults who act like this. Like, never mind, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, going slightly back to Evangelina, what you said about uh, Suan having to work himself up to going into the mausoleum. I did think about that, but I also thought that it could potentially be. I mean, I think the real answer is that Kuznagi didn't have a reason to do this before now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I also think that it could be because, like, he doesn't really care about the dragons and he doesn't care about gods. So he has no reason to go down into this, like, reverential space because, like, mm-hmm. what does he care mm-hmm. who is buried there? Like, this is some god that he doesn't need in his life. Yeah. That also makes sense why he's being so secretive about it because like here he is like at the height of everybody being like the four dragons are real like Yona is alive maybe <laughs> she's like King Hiryu's like reincarnation or whatever and like now is the time where he's like okay like I have to go down here and like face whatever is in here like whatever was so sacred that she could touch but I couldn't like what you know it's almost like I wonder if now he had that idea of like maybe there's something in here that makes like that makes like a king valid and I can use it while also kind of being like, man, I've had to work myself up to this like whole stupid idea, but also he can't let anybody see him go yeah, down there. Like he believes anything <laughs> like he's, he's, he's already being like, Santa's not real. Like nobody can see him drop off his letter at the library. Like you can't <laughs> yeah. like, like he just, yeah. he's got to go. Like, yeah, there's still, yeah. There's still some sort of hang up for him to be like kind of shady about it. Right. He's like, he's like, no one can see me do this. And like, and, yeah, but and like, but and it's yeah. clearly like so. Like every step he takes, you can see he's like, oh, like something. Like I'm, I'm facing something, and of course, yeah, Lily's yeah. But like, Lily again, Lily just is like, whatever, I'm going in. He's like, wow, wow, someone's dead in here. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're gonna go see a dead body. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. 
like how much is going to be on it? Like, is it all wrapped up? Like, what are like, what should, let me like think about what I need to my reaction here. And he's just like, why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> I feel like that could absolutely sum up Lily's whole character. It's just like, why are you yeah. here? I feel like every single time he sees her, that's like, he's like, why are you here? Like, why are you ruining this for me? Exactly. <laughs> like, my plans, my emotional moments, like you're just here. <laughs> yeah. Is this supposed to be dramatic? Why are you? <laughs> no, this is supposed to be my moment to wallow and you're not letting me. I know. You're making me talk about it. Like I have feelings and stuff. Like, no. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so we do also get a bit of lore world building. Uh, Lily says that the level of worship for Cr the Crimson Dragon varies from tribe to tribe. He's not as big in the Water Tribe as he was in the Sky Tribe, especially when the Sky Tribe still had priests. And in the Water Tribe, they're more big on worshipping the dragons themselves. Mm. Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, so the next we check in at Saika Palace with our old friend, the disappointing second son, Tejun. Uh, Dejun now has to answer for helping Yona by setting off the distraction flare last arc because actions have consequences in this manga and I do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I do. So uh, Kyoga, which is his older brother, uh, and I'm so glad that they reminded me because I did forget his name. Kyoga forces him to double down and swear that he really did think Kai was invading, that the flare wasn't a cheap play at all. When suddenly a soldier bursts in and it's like, Kai has come over the border. So Kai is hilarious. I laugh at that part. Teacher's like, oh, I was right. I was yeah, right. Like I want to say also, I love when, when Tejun starts doubling in uh, or doubling down on his lies and he says my men work in the fields as cover while they keep an eye out for enemy activity the idea oh they are an elite squad maintaining the peace the idea that fucking um, just incompetent Tejun has the fortitude to build an elite spy squad <laughs> <laughs> like, like, there. no <laughs> yeah like Yoga had to have been like this is straight bs yeah like you never thought this far ahead about anything in your life there is yeah. no way <laughs> that's why he has to double down so hard because Kyoga does know and he's like you're being fucking stupid like you've never been this smart in your entire life i grew yeah. up with you <laughs> And then finally, boom, the invasion. Boom, invasion. So that's uh, setting us really nicely for the next arc. Uh, yeah. And that fire tribe is being invaded yet again by Kai. This right. <laughs> <laughs> they have problems with this. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, does anybody have any final thoughts before I go into my trope of the week? Because I do have a relevant one. Ooh, again. Mine's irrelevant. So yeah. Oh. Um, sure. no, I think I think that's it for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we covered everything I wanted. Jen, did you have anything yeah. that we didn't I mean, get to? I think that's everything. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my trope of the week was accidental truth, which is what just happened. Uh, <laughs> it's when you tell a lie and it just somehow winds up being true, just because it turned true or it was true and you didn't realize that it was. Um, I love it. I don't want to rewire it or retire it at yeah. all. 
just because I think it's really hilarious each time. I think it's a great comedy bit. So yeah, I think it's like really good when it's like, cause sometimes you can get that and it's like deus ex machina stuff where you're like, Oh, okay. But like, but like when it's stuff like, especially when it's set up like with Taejun, who's like always an idiot and like, he's really going to get himself into huge trouble and he knows it. And like, (laughs) and then it ends up being right. And he gets to stand there being like, I was right. And like, Kyoga's like, why are you surprised? that you're right if you were telling the truth (laughs) like like those moments are always so good and they're usually that's usually how the trope is handled it's usually really funny where it's just like i was accidentally correct and now (laughs) and now now we have to face the consequences consequences. Yeah. yeah um yeah i can't think of a serious example uh the the one that i immediately always think of is uh from Shaun of the dead which (laughs) wait evan you said you've never seen it right I think so. No. Okay. Jen, have you seen Shaun of the Dead? I have. I saw it a long time ago. A long time ago. Okay. I don't know if you'll remember this because it's like a really dumb like throwaway joke. But they have a whole whole fight in the beginning of whether or not the shotgun above the bar that they like to drink at is loaded. And I think Sean is like, no, it's not fucking loaded. Like, why would that be? Why would he have a loaded gun in his shop for yes. no reason? Um, and then they also have a fight that dogs can't look up. <laughs> so in the very end, it comes back because they grab the shotgun. Turns out it is loaded and it can shoot people and they shoot zombies. And Sean is like, okay, but dogs definitely cannot look up. <laughs> so like, it just happened to be right. Um As I said, that entire story, I don't know that that fits the job. <laughs> but like, oh, close enough. Yeah, I think it oh, is always yeah. it is always comedy. Yeah. You know what? We're gonna yeah. forget that I ever said that. Yeah, I think it's a literal like Chekhov's gun, where it's like it's, if the gun is oh, on that's stage, true. yeah, well, you have to use it. But I think it also kind of fits too, where it's like, yeah. I mean, at least one of them thought it was loaded exactly right uh, so he was well i guess yeah my my thinking is that he was convinced it was loaded even though there was no like reason to believe that yeah. he just happened to be right yeah close enough close enough thank close you so enough. much for your grace okay. <laughs> <laughs> well um, tell us what your trope was mine doesn't fit this week at all and it is a zero percent approval rating and it does sort of fit last arc um so the idea is that um literally everybody around this person uh this authority figure hates them oh. which uh is gobi <laughs> And also, yeah. I got it off of the Inuyasha uh, page, which Naraku oh. was mentioned because even his own limbs hate him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, zero percent approval rating when everybody around the like villain absolutely hates their guts. I feel yeah. like that's almost. It, it doesn't happen with a villain, but it reminds me of like Zenitsu from Demon Slayer, where like everybody around him is like, "This guy sucks." <laughs> they're correct yeah yeah, he does and then he has like his moments and you're like all right and then like he ruins them and everyone's like he's like only tenjiro really is like oh he's a great guy (laughs) like really i believe that yeah Yeah. uh yeah i don't know i don't like this trope (laughs) yeah i don't know i'm like on the border between rewire it and retire it because like 
I don't, I, there's, I mean, if everybody hates him the entire time, I just spend the time thinking like, why don't you just not follow this guy anymore? Or why don't you just not talk to this guy anymore? That's why Zenitsu doesn't work for me. And that's why yeah, like, yeah. Naraku works because like, who cares? I'm not there for that. Uh, <laughs> Gobi, I did spend most of the last arc going, why would anybody follow him? Everybody seems to hate him and he is the worst. Like he can't make a, pl- he can't make a plan work to save his life. Like, why is this happening? So I just, I run into like logistical issues of like how this person is clearly right. not charismatic enough to have these followers. Um, it's like, yeah, I, I think, I think like you can make it work. It's one of those things where it's like, you do get that a lot where it's like this is like a really bad villain and no one really likes them like but he's surrounded by other people that suck so like they all suck together and hate each other (laughs) and like you get like this whole thing and you're like well well, then why did this even like how did we get this like rogues gallery agreeing to all like be terrible together and nobody likes and like sometimes it's fun because you see it fall apart and you're like well that's satisfying to see you guys just all (laughs) hate each other so much that you ruined each other's plans but I think there's like you know you can sometimes sometimes get it and it works when it's like you get somebody who like really is like doing stuff at like and everybody around him like fears him like or like you know where they're just like they it's so much safer to go along and then you're like Mm -hmm. okay I buy it where it's like these people are all just trying to like save themselves and like that's and you're like oh that can be like really um engaging and you like you can really feel for those people so the but yeah Naraku effect that works yeah you. okay all right where it's like you can where you can like buy it because yeah otherwise you're like why did the, why are you here like you don't like this person like no this I, is- I agree with you too because like at various points literally everybody wants to try and kill Naraku and they just can't manage to do it so right, yeah. I do appreciate that they go into that where it's like oh they don't follow him because they want to like they are trapped Gobi doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm with him because, like, whatever. It, sense. it only works if there is some sort of factor keeping the disliked person in power. Right. Right. I guess that's also, like, Muzin from Demon Slayer, where it's, like, everybody is so afraid of him. They all yes. hate him, but they have to impress him. Otherwise, they yes. lose and their power. And he does have, like, the genuine power to back up his shit. Like, right. And no, none of those demons actually like him. Like they just, he just has changed their lives and now they have to like. Is the worst of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's the most evil and the one that's the most scary. And so like they have to dance to his tune. And like Mm -hmm. that does actually make him really like fun to have as a villain because you're like oh like all these awful people are also like i'm awful but like the guy above me you will not believe how scary he is <laughs> like, like you know tanjiro always brings out like those last moments of like oh like they could have been humanity. a good person yeah, yeah. and then and then like you know and the end is always like but like muzen came and like ruined everything <laughs> like you know or it's like <laughs> and i thought i was being saved and i was being trapped into like a deeper cycle and like they're all always trying to like there there's always people who are like, you could take Muzin, and then other people are like, You definitely can't. <laughs> <laughs> and like anybody who goes up against him like just bites it. And so there's that whole thing where nobody likes him, but nobody can do anything about it. And like that can yeah. be compelling sometimes. But a lot of times it's just like, Oh, you just you you don't like him, author, so you just have made it so that we are 
Like, you're like, yeah, this was a good villain. Oh, I hate writing him, but like, I, he's a good villain. <laughs> <laughs> that is always funny to be like, oh, I want to pivot. Oh, um, it was okay. So, Jen, I know you haven't actually read this series, uh, and neither of you, Evan, but um, The Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. <laughs> I have not read yet. <laughs> Where uh, she just decides that the hero in the first book is not the one that she wants her to end up with, so she yeah. like decides that he's abusive out of nowhere. Like, yeah, okay, that, sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. Like, she does that in her other series too. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't learned. That's She's amazing. just like, man, this guy sucks. I'm gonna do something else. Like, right? Like, just have them break up. Like, it's not that big a deal. It's not a big deal. But no, it's he not. has to be abusive. He has to be abusive and evil. And then and evil. And this other guy is so hot. He's got like muscles for days. <laughs> so respectful of her and wants to know what she wants to do because. But also. Yeah, but also he could like pick her up and like pin her against the wall, and he will <laughs> in book five, and she'll scream. And, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's aggressive, but only when she wants it. Like, <laughs> oh my god, yes, that's Sarah J. Mass's absolute brand. It is. <sighs> and yet I ate them up like completely. Like, that, it's, I love that's the thing that roses. Yeah, I yeah, that's same when I did Throne of Glass. I was like, man, these aren't actually that good, but like, yet here I am, like reading them. And every time that does help me write more things because sometimes I'm like, this isn't great, and then I'm like, what is it entertaining? Because sometimes it doesn't matter if it's entertaining enough. Like, if it's yeah, if it's compelling enough, then like you'll yeah. Like, oh, I've yeah. thought I'll read a certain book and I'm like, I can do better than this. Yeah, like, well, they got published, so yeah. There's a series that I like. The author herself is like not like a super good technical writer, but mm-hmm. she has really good grasp of characters, and so like the whole like so the whole series. I was like, man, like you really need. She was like self published, and I was like, you really do need an editor to like really clean this up for you because like you've repeated yourself in a few places and some things don't make sense. But like, I am so here for these characters that I will like sit here through this, yeah, and re- and read. I am so invested in the assassin who like is like who like can't quite ever really connect with anybody because he like went through so much or whatever, but also he's hot <laughs> and like. It's- always yeah i mean it ends up being a plot point uh to like part of his backstory uh and so like there's a whole like and so i'm like i'm just so into it and like i like the romance even though like there's stuff where i'm like oh you could write this better but i'm like i'm still here like this whole thing i think that's such like it's it's important for me to remember that because I will give a lot of grace to stories that I'm enjoying, even though I'll, like right. sometimes I'll I'll read something and I'll be like, I mean, this isn't the best, or I would do this differently. But at the like at the end of the day, I'm really enjoying this, and I'm glad that you shared right. this with me. So it does help when I sit down to write things. I'm like, I am the worst, and then I have to like walk that internal thinking back. And be like, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Like, but then also you get into things where like I never looked up if they had razors like when razors were invented and I threw that into a Yona fic that I was writing so like that might be 
you know, wrong. But at the same time, it is fantasy Korea. So, like, who's to say that? Who's going to check you? Invent razors. Yeah. Straight razors. I mean, they must have had them. Like, not everybody had beards. So, you know, there must have been something, you know? Yeah. That's straight razors. Yeah. yeah. Straight razors have been around for a real long time. I, I sure so, hope so. Yeah. Because <laughs> I put it in a fig. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like you can do so much research and then still like have absolutely screwed yourself and exactly. like I, I did that I did that with a AU I was writing that was like a Edo era like the, the Bakumatsu which is like right before like right before it becomes the Meiji era where like the shogunates like disbanded and all that mm-hmm. and I was like and when I wrote the first chapter, I had an idea of like what the um, dates were going to be on it, but like I was never going to say anything. But I was like, oh, this is when this sword band was, and this is this, this. And then when I went back, I wrote a- another chapter and completely forgot those dates. And then I realized that they were like 20 years apart. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, it, whatever. It's, it's Edo flavored at this point. Like, yeah. no one's going to get me besides like somebody yeah. who's like a scholar. And they'll probably just be glad that I tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anyone would call you on that and be like, yeah, oh, excuse like, me. Um, excuse me. Did you know? Especially not in a shoujo fandom. If I was writing in a shonen fandom, they'd be like, um, excuse me. Like, I wrote a dissertation on this. And you're like, oh, no. And also, could you write these two characters together? Because this is what I want more. This is what I want more. <laughs> They'll do that in shoujo fandom, but... <laughs> I have never gotten a mean comment though, which is very nice. I think it's just yeah, not very many people read my stuff, which is also a blessing. Um, but yeah, nobody's ever been mean to me, which is nice. So like, if you read well, thick out there, please don't be mean to people because it's not nice. Yeah, <laughs> please just be very nice. If you have a if you have a butt, like be very gentle doing your butts. People who like yeah, people who have done done this for a while will be totally fine. But you may get like you shouldn't do this to other people. Um, I've had to do that on a couple comments. Been like I don't mind, but like don't do this to somebody else because it would be very discouraging to them. Right. But like um, (laughs) but it depends on your like relationship. If you've never met this person before, even if you've like read all their stuff, you are not close. But, like, if you, like, either of you ever told me, like, hey, this actually, like, isn't very good, I'd be like, cool, I respect your opinion, because I've actually, like, talked to you, and I know you. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's, yeah, we're vetted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's the thing. I kind of hold myself back. Like, sometimes I'll get, like, or just, like, little fit quirks that, like, annoy me. Um, It's, like, you can tell when, like, a British writer is doing American, because, like, they'll start referring to, like, uni and stuff. And every now and then it's, like, I just want to be, like, hey, we don't call it that. Yeah. But then I'm, like, you know what? It really doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) I think I've only left, like, one concrete thing, because I asked, because they were, like, I don't know how noble titles work. And I was, like, I am happy to share my knowledge that I have gained through so much research because it's stupid how hard it is and I'm like let me help you I would I would love to help you with this (laughs) like and they're like thank you yeah so I was like, I will say, I was like, okay, so the closest thing I've ever gotten to a mean comment was actually a really funny comment. Uh, in that I wrote the first thing I ever wrote for uh, Snow Snow White with the red hair, and I was like, hey, this is my first fic in this fandom. And somebody commented, like, you shouldn't tell people it's your first fic, but like, you're doing a good job regardless. <laughs> I was like, why? It's not my first fic, and also yeah. that was kind of like weirdly aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's really aggressive. Like, why can't 
can't you say it's your first fic in a fandom or your first fic at all? Like, like I don't know. Yeah, like, I just want you guys to be like kind of nice to me because I don't really like have a solid grasp of what right? I want my version of this world to look like. Like, sorry to mention it. So I did take it out and I do think of it sometimes, but it wasn't that mean. Like, <laughs> you get the weirdest you'll get the weirdest stuff like i've gotten so many weird things that are like they, they clearly meant well but you're like oh like that'd be really discouraging to somebody else i just got one i just got one that was um i wrote for arcane fandom and uh there was there's a very polarizing character in arcane fandom for no real reason other than like she's a like a woman chess master as opposed to like the hot male chess master mm-hmm. and um and so sometimes she's not very nice and people don't like that about her um and so i wrote <laughs> i wrote this chapter it's for andy's birthday and i wrote it and they uh there's a there's somebody who commented who was like I don't really like this character at all because I think she's super mean but like I'm intrigued by your work so <laughs> anyway I was like thank you <laughs> like like that's a little and then hilariously somebody else in the fandom posted on their blog they were like they're like why would you go into somebody's like fic and leave a comment that's like I don't like the main character of your fic but like you amuse me like why, why trot out your bad taste <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. thank you okay, but, not whoa. in defense of that because I get that it is wrong but I feel like I have like on gift sets been like oh yeah I don't know kind of mean about characters but what I mean I'll be like I don't ship this pairing but this is a gorgeous work right exactly like Like, he's backhanded and I've stopped doing it because I get that now but like my thought of it is that like you've done such good work that you have transcended my dislike of this yeah which doesn't come across I don't mind like I know I know some artists really don't like getting the, I don't ship this, but I like it. I'm like, I understand. But like, whenever I get that, I'm like, ha ha ha. Yes. Follow me. I will convince you. And like, I just get like, this person was like, let me tell you why I don't like her. And I was like, oh, okay. I've had that happen with Mitsuhide. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I don't need to hear why. (laughs) I had someone who just like, basically like therapy, like blurted out, like why they don't like Mitsuhide on a fic. And I was like, okay, well, this is like a Mitsuhide and Kiki fic. So like, I don't know why you're here. But like, <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, why, like uh, I want to know more about why they hate Mitsuhide because uh, he like rejected Kiki. But oh, he, he, okay. yeah, he rejected he rejected Kiki, and thus he is the lowest of the low. And how could he ever do something to her like that? Anyway, yeah. but you wrote him really well. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I think he's so boring that I don't have enough space in my brain to think about him at all. So the fact that anybody actively dislikes him is like, why? <laughs> but no, that makes sense. Yeah, this is like in the height of he of of yeah, him yeah. telling Kiki yeah. that he totally didn't have feelings for her. No, really, don't check. And everyone's like, I can't believe he never had feelings for her. And I was like, he <laughs> is lying this whole time. I do like your version of this and I'm sure that's how it will play out but I really like the idea of Kiki getting rejected by the like first love and having to move on with the second love and having him like go through emotional issues of his own of being like this is totally a marriage of convenience oh shit you're really pretty (laughs) right I really (laughs) like that pairing so 
I'm trying yeah. not to get too attached because I do think you're right and she'll end up with me. <laughs> just going to go. But also, yeah. it's a kid he's really boring to me. So, yeah. I, he's I he's more interesting that. now that he, like, that, yes. he, that he did the rejection. And, like, it's more interesting now that he's, like, tortured by it. And you're like, ooh, it's so delicious how tortured you are. I've always liked him because he's just nice. And, like, you know, he's very supportive. And so he's always been, like, good. But I was always, like, if they're going to do, like – Mitsuhide and Kiki as a final pairing and she's going to make it something besides like they get together in the back of like a Zenyuki wedding like she's going to actually have to break them up to make them interesting and then she did and I was like ah it's here (laughs) it's all coming together (laughs) it's all coming together and like we'll get to have Hisame having feelings and it will be great (laughs) good stuff Okay, well, I think that's about it for us. We've gone on very long. Very so long. I would like to release you both soon. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us, Jen. We... Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Yes, you've been a friend of the pod for a while now. So to have you on oh, here has been great. Yeah, yeah. Also, I would listen to it doing chores and I'd be like, Alex, I have answers to your questions. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, which I always appreciated. I'd be like, oh, that answers my question from a year and a half ago. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry that I'm so far behind that I'm like, you were a completely different person when you asked this question, but you better have the answer I've now. I've gone on a journey of knowledge now. Because yeah. Well, okay. Um, then I think that's it for us this week. Uh, so we will... Nope, just kidding. I have to give socials. So we are on social media. Oh, that's right. Twitter for as that's long right. as Twitter's around. Uh, at the end of the and uh, that's also our Gmail. And then Twitter is the Yona Podcast. Or, sorry, Tumblr is the Yona Podcast. It's been a long day. And uh, Evan on Twitter is Witchy Evan. And I am instead of writing. And um, Jen, where would you like everybody to find you? Oh, well, I'm on Tumblr at Sabriel. And I'm on Twitter for as long as it's there at Sabriel. <laughs> I believe it's Sabriel1 <laughs> because that one Twitter user. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then also on, yeah, also on AO3, same thing, Sabrail. You can pretty much find me anywhere. That's usually me, I say mm-hmm. now. And then someone's going to find somebody else elsewhere and be like, not yeah. them. <laughs> well, I will also link all your stuff. And I will also, oh, again, everybody knows that I already recommend it, but please go check out her stuff on AO3 because it's Thank very you. good. Maybe by the time this episode's up, I might have Sue Wangali up there. Who knows? Who knows? I might have Yonafik. Who knows? <laughs> I think it will be like two weeks. So oh, okay. I don't well, then it won't be. So. It'll, be a, it'll be a few, it'll be a few <laughs> weeks away from that. I'm going to say walk that back. Don't like go hoping for this. <laughs> but just know that when it does, if it does happen, no pressure. Uh, but if and when it does happen, I will link it everywhere and be like not cool about it. So <laughs> It's supposed to happen at the beginning of January. So Ooh, okay. that's when it's, yes, okay. I have a schedule. So <laughs> I know. And I'm always impressed you can follow that. I'm like, I don't know what I feel like I mean, doing. I do mostly. I mean, nobody's there to check me besides me. So that's yeah. the good thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But well, mostly. Then... So sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no problem. Um, <laughs> Okay, uh, we'll see you all next week for more of this new surprise arc, which I we've already mentioned, but we haven't met the character yet. So yay! Okay, <laughs> okay bye. Bye. Bye.